0: Hey, I'm Scotty Young, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Bada-boom. Yes. When you guys do notes, do you uh, include odd pronunciations of uh last names in in phonetics uh, yeah i mean on the rare occasion where i i don't know how to say the nature oh my okay <laughs>
1: i don't well yeah that's true but it's yeah because there's there, there's a not it's, it's not a creator's name Although well, I should probably check that but it is it is a phrase that, uh, it's a word that was said in the comic multiple times and i want uh, to make sure i was just i was going to try to dance around it but it's said so often I'm like no, maybe I should just learn.
0: French Yeah, stuff. French fucks me up, man. I, I always have to do it with a French name because I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, you big dummy! I have it in parentheses, just how to say it phonetically, and it's like, whatever. I just don't want to come. If,
2: up. Maybe if you did it for uh, when you were
0: talking about Magneto. mutant names, that'd be great. Well, because <laughs> then I would type it magnet. Oh, which <laughs> of is what because that's what it is. Or one out for him. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, supposedly. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics for now, episode 824. Look at that. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. You are both peons,
2: for I am Nathaniel Richards, but you may know me as Immortus, or perhaps Pharaoh Ramatut, or Victor Timely, or Iron Lad, or The Whisper, or Scarlet
0: Centurion, and of course, most notably Kang the Conqueror. Nice. But you're not all that. I'm not going through the whole list. And a bag of donuts. Yeah, and a bag of donuts. You are Jason Wood, everybody. All together now on this regular episode. You know, the good ones. Brought Mm -hmm. to you by our beautimous patrons. Yep. The uh, patrons assemble each and every day, literally. And uh, they give... The Avengers. Yes. So we'd like to uh, turn it around, give them something back. their efforts because we love them um audio lots of it video downloads uh polls they get to weigh in on the book of the month which is coming up soon and uh not least the dedicated slack channel which is a one-on-x um gathering of all of the assembled patrons and um it's just wonderful. We get to talk each and every day about a whole bunch of different subjects. We laugh. We cry. Jason posts like a madman on everything. And if you want to get in on that, uh, just go to patreon.com, put the forward slash, and it's 11 o'clock comics, 1-1, one, one, no apostrophe. We would love to have you in the family. So check it out. Indeed. Yep. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. How are we all doing tonight? We we, we drinking anything, Vince? You, you drinking hot tea with some some lemon, maybe? Actually, I'm two-fisting it. Step back a couple steps, because I know I'm going to shock you with this, but I am drinking some very hot uh, coffee, best in the world, in delivered to me in a brand-new Christmas cup. Oh, it's that time. It is, yeah, and it's not red this year. Although there are spots of red in it, it's... Uh, how, how the Hallmark uh, movies treating you? Oh, they're so good this year. They're so good. There's I won't get into it. Don't get me started. But Because um, it's not the Hallmark O'Clock. It's the Comics O'Clock. I'm um, mm. uh, drinking McDonald's coffee, best in the world. And when that's done, I am drinking some uh, cherry lime water. So, the so usual. I'm living on the edge this week. The usual. Yeah, right on. Uh, um,
2: I am uh, also two-fisting. Okay. Uh, not to we're we're of like mind tonight. Uh, I am drinking some some Nespresso uh, Virtuo line coffee. Nice so, house with a little 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 uh, little oat milk, little little uh, stevia. I tell you all, made a big big change in my life. Been eating, been been using Splenda like for like uh, twenty years. I, I switched to uh, to stevia. Oof! I'm yeah. glad I'm sitting ah. down. I know it's big doings. Uh, and uh, and then when I'm done with this cafe here, I got some uh, Schweppes, pink grapefruit, seltzer.
0: <laughs> High five, Dap <laughs> Dap. What do you have?
1: I have. Evan Williams Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Single Barrel Vintage, forty-three point three alcohol volume, eighty-six point six proof. Um, barreled on twenty fourteen, actually, but it is and bottled uh, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty-two. But the, uh, the, the it's 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 uh, it's pretty good. It's almost gone. I've been I've been nursing it for a while. I've had this bottle for for a hot minute, So. Um, I just felt like something that I hadn't had in a while for tonight, so raising my glass for that. Nice. Excellent.
0: Well, uh, before we plow into the regular comics uh, discourse that we love to uh, parlay here at uh, 11 O'Clock Comics, we should take off our hats if you're wearing them, and uh, give it up, because we lost two Two, I know very important comics creators recently. <sighs> the first being Sir Kevin O'Neill and Carlos Pacheco. Yep, it's it's insane yes. to me that these guys are just blinking out like this because wow. it, it both I, young. Six,
2: uh, Kevin O'Neill was 69 and Pacheco was only 60. 60.
1: Wow, and, and it, I believe, um. Oh Neil Kevin was um had been dealing with an illness for a while now and Pacheco we found out recently was suffering from ALS so it's yeah. not it, it it weren't necessarily sudden but as far right. as what um them not doing well it was kind of news to me and
0: it makes me wonder if the announcement that the tempest was uh both Allen and Kevin's grand departure from comics if Mm -hmm. that if that was calculated because of Mm -hmm. whatever was going on uh with kevin o'neill's um uh his health or you know the the medical condition um for alan to just say all right mate uh if i have to stop i want to stop with you right that i mean it's it's incredibly courageous and and it's it's an amazing statement on the collaboration that they've made over the the x amount of years, but I mean that is it just makes you want to curl up into a ball and you know cry yourself into infinity. Uh, but I I, I uh, the, just to think of of knowing that your collaborator is seriously ill. I, I mean, I don't know the case. I don't know the the, the specifics of the case, mm-hmm. obviously, but I just think it, it it's a, a statement as grand as anything Alan had done with words on the page. Yeah, I mean we just we just talked about uh, Kevin's work
2: uh, coincidentally when when because he read Marshall Wall, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. Um, you know, we've talked about, I mean, Vince, you and I have talked about Lee quite a bit over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, I, I as I, as any time a, a British illustrator comes up, I always feel a little guilty because so much of their careers seem to have been helmed in 2000 AD and adjacent properties. And I, I've just read so little of it that uh, I often feel like it's a big, a big uh, inexcusable white space for me. But, but certainly Kevin is going to, has an indelible, uh, you know, mark for me just, just based on on um on martial law and, and league I mean
1: you know t- t- two two truly great comics and I was and and I know and only because I was reading strange academy finals and and Marvel put a full page piece in there but it he and I don't I don't know if we really kind of touched on it when it happened because it happened back in August but you know we, we we lost Tom Palmer a couple months ago so this it's, is true it's, yeah it is one of those and it's just yeah I mean we are and, and I know Jason mentions every once in a while when something like this comes up we we are collectively the, the those of us at this age are at an age where a lot of the creators that we adored growing up and who kept us interested in comics they are obviously older than we are and and it's it's just it's you know time is undefeated it's inevitable it's it's yeah, i mean a,
2: a and, lot of our like favorite actors and actresses are a lot of our favorite Bands and singers are all in their, you know, we're all, well, we're around fifty or a little older, and 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 so that means by definition most of them are in their fifties or sixties or even older, right? Depending, and so it's.
1: I mean, know, shit, there's... Jim Starlin was old when I started reading, and I mean, and thankfully, yeah. you know, he's still kicking. But it's it's well, just the where you just, I mean, he, but he it's, I mean, you know, you you when I'm I'm not trying to go down that road I, or not fucking about to start a, a death pool, but I'm just like, but but then I think about I'm I'm. I don't want to wake up one morning and see somebody post on the Slack or see a headline on my phone that something you know happened with with Frank Miller, like I said, Starlin or Claremont. Or it's it's just like I, it. yeah. I I know it's going to, but I just I don't you know it, it's and and it's not going to be a shock at this point because of how old these gentlemen are. But I mean but we've still, lo- I mean we
2: we've, we've lost a lot of our Mount Rushmore people already, right? I mean you know I mean I think the one that's going to really um, be interesting will be when Alan goes because. He'll have When he goes, he'll, have to, he'll distance himself from the industry for so long. It'll, it'll, I'm interested to see how, how that's treated yeah. and remembered, you know?
0: Well, um, you don't have to worry about Starlin because he's cosmically aware. So <laughs> that's true. He, he's going to know, and he'll make that's preparations true. for it. But uh, Alan, I don't even want to think about that. Uh, far less, I don't even want to waste a second of my mind on thinking when Frank leaves because I'm going to be a basket case. Yeah, 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 but that, but let's—I mean, we'll let
1: situation all over again.
0: Just to swing it back to to Kevin O'Neill and Pacheco, Carlos Pacheco, um, they gave uh, I, I, when you uh, when you now relive these works, um, just look at the amazing contribution that these men have have given your life. Right? I, I don't know a time when I didn't enjoy kevin o'neill's work pacheco was a harder sell with me because he primarily worked within the mainstream and yeah he's got a great run on fantastic four and other books but um kevin was in my wheelhouse to begin with right Mm -hmm. and so um nemesis the warlock uh league you could just go down the list martial law Uh, i I adore kevin's work and i always have so this is it there's a little bit of selfishness on our our part to say yeah these guys died here's what they gave to me um you know let's let's bow our heads but how could you talk about how someone has impacted your life without coming off a little bit selfish because it's 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 a it's a, a, a subjective thing, and and this is what I got out of their work, and now I will miss them because there's no more work to come. Like that's ultimately very selfish, right? So I don't want to get into any of that. I just, as far as I'm concerned, the guy can't hear me, at least not to my knowledge. But I'm grateful for having experienced Kevin O'Neill's work over the past X amount of decades. That's it, and and. Mm-hmm. He made my life better.
2: Yeah, and I, and I will say, certainly for me, the same can be said of, of Carlos Pacheco. I mean, I... I um, you know, I, I he was, to your point, Vince, uh, gen, gen, generally a, a Marvel DC penciler for the majority of his career. He actually started uh, um, doing Spanish-language Marvel comics um, and then transitioned over to... Uh, the mainstream U.S. market, uh, as as it really as as, it, and the reason for that was because of the the world becoming flatter, right? I mean, you know, now it's it's such standard practice because of the internet that that so many illustrators are all across the world, and in fact, probably more outside the U.S. than inside the U.S. just because of cost of labor and. All that, but but back in the early '90s when he was working, it wasn't as easy because he, it was still a business that was genuinely about be, being present and knowing people and and uh, but yeah, he 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 made the transition in the early '90s and really never left. And uh, uh, you know, we've we've sung Avengers Forever's praises a bunch of times. Just and just recently, I mentioned it as probably my favorite. Well, in, in the Slack, we were talking about sort of our seminal. Like someone asked a question about what would be the seminal work. Someone said, "Do you?" you know, what? what's the one thing I should read if I'm interested in this character or this team? What would you recommend? And in my bullets, not surprisingly, I said, well, for Avengers, it's got to be Avengers Forever. I do think that's the best uh, and most successful because it's written in a modern way. Um, Avengers story, and, you know, he obviously was the penciler there, but uh, but he had, I mean, I was looking at the list because, you know, not reading DC much as a kid, I I, I I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't, his work on DC didn't really ever mean much to me but he did a hell of a lot of stuff over at DC as well, which I'm sure meant probably meant something to Depp at a minimum. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, it's amazing and it's really sad. And, you know, we've said this many times about the idea of how important it is to not, if you're ever at a convention or at a, at a, at a place where a creator that you adore is there, take the opportunity to not be shy and even just go up and thank them for their time. Even if you don't want to buy anything or get anything signed and, and, and you'll regret not doing it. And, and, and this is another case of that where I'm fortunate that, um, you know, Pacheco was never someone that was like, I gotta meet the guy, you know, but, but I did, I was able to, through a, a, a fellow collector, um, who I guess knew him, uh, took a commission list last year during the pandemic, or I guess, year you know, maybe two years ago. I just went to, in the, you know, in the early part of the pandemic, because like many, like many artists, they're, he just had extra time for the first time in a long time and uh and I was able to to get something from him and and you know I think now like that was the one and only chance I didn't know it at the time but that was the one and only chance I would you know because obviously he's gotten he got sick shortly thereafter and right and uh, and passed so yeah I mean you know th- like this unfortunately as long as we do this podcast we're never going to stop having these moments right like right. it's it's really, there's going to be great great talented wonderful people that pass on and and all we can do is just Recognize them and thank them for for what they gave to us and and, and the fandom. Yeah, time hits everyone. Undefeated.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me, Pacheco. I mean, he. I just I've always I've just always loved his line, and I know that you know he's 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 been inked by some really talented people. There's Marino, and I it, it's it's um I there are some some artists. But he he's he's similar in my mind to, to folks like uh Stuart Eminem, where they're just they're very the people they draw are, are are very attractive. The figures all move on the page realistically, like they're not it's not uh it's not stylized like say Umberto or or it's not, you know doesn't rely on, on heavy blacks like say Somni. It's just it's it I, I like the The mainstream appeal of someone like Pacheco and the Superman work he did with, uh, written by Busick was, was fun. Um, that, yeah, of course, Avengers Forever. There's just been, I've, I've, I'll eventually get around to, to, uh, checking out Aerosmith, but there's just, there's, I, I, I am, I, I'm a fan of the man's work. And, and yes, and, and Kevin O'Neill, he's, he's, he's a, He's an artist. He's a creator. And, and according to Pat Mills, I mean, he's he's way more than just your, your typical artist collaborating with a writer. Um, he uh, it, it, he was one where at first I think I was first made aware or I, I, I just was absolutely hit over the head with O'Neill's work with um, the uh, the Green Lantern Court quarterly anthology yeah and, and yeah. it it's just and it and it freaked me though fuck out it's just it's it's so seeing his character designs for these aliens and it's so perfect of course he's going to draw aliens that 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 are just you know floating around space it it absolutely so fitting and and i'm just looking at it and i'm like like why is everybody's body's like made out of right angles. And it's just, and it, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, look to see like what line this connects to. And is this a foot or is this, and I'm just, I'm blown away by it. I, I'm, I'm spending more time looking at O'Neill's work because I just want to see where all the lines are going. And it's, it's, it's a fool's errand, but it's just, it's so much on a page. And I, like, you know, talking about martial law a couple weeks ago, it's, it's just, I love somebody who can just take a page and just fill it and whether it's not just action or characters talking but even in the background little doodles here and there little little signs little writings and it's just i i love looking for things like that i love the easter egg aspect of 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 opening up a book and and just you know seeing what what somebody may have left for the reader to find and 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 o'neill for me was 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 great with that and, and yes and i know that um i am one of the few remaining souls who hasn't read leave Extraordinary Gentleman and, and that is something that will definitely happen but um but I mean, yeah I it's he's it's it, he's not impenetrable but he, he's he's for me anyway it's kind of intimidating because I just know I'm going to it, it's it's like sensory overload I just it it's there's so much that that, that, that Kevin O'Neill is putting down that that I can't just you're not you're not reading a page and then moving on to the next one. It, it's it, there's just so much to take in. It, it's the opposite of what you would get with Pacheco. It's just two different styles. But I um I I love them both for the reasons that that they uh, that they gave us.
0: Yeah, Pacheco's stock and trade was beauty. Yes, Every, everything he drew was beautiful. I, I'm I am i am on the record saying Pacheco drew one of the best Susies ever and i I still believe it, but the the contribution kevin o'Neill made that his design sensibility i mean he's the only guy to, the only artist ever to get banned from d c
1: yeah,
0: like that's an achievement in my yeah. book, right but um, I can remember the the first time I saw nemesis the Warlock i I didn't know what in the hell I was looking at. That's awesome when when somebody could have such a unique um, design sensibility where you have to take a minute to decipher what the hell's going on. Like these these characters aren't modeled in any way that I've seen before. This is just a totally unique graphic sensibility that just came out of nowhere. Like I I I wasn't looking for it. I I was young when I first saw his work, and it just. Uniqueness attracts me. Um, if you can show me something that I've never seen before, you've—that's a big, a lot of big steps towards winning my heart. So, I mean, the wheels were greased even before I got to the second page, right? And I just fell in love with his work because it's grotesque and disturbing, and uh, like Dap said, lots of odd angles, just crazy manipulation of shapes and it's like wow this guy's amazing it, it, but in a very um obviously i said it before unique way but it, it, it almost was as if he was tapping into something really scary and strange and just like a transmission from planet x like what is it, this is in a language my brain is not understanding right now but it, you, you you start to understand it and it starts to make sense, and be it as it may like it it's 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 just so very uniquely kevin that i was I was down for it forever now if I wanted to look at something that would get things stirring in other regions, I would look at Pacheco because his <laughs> his i mean his men were super handsome, he did a yep. great thing um and you know it's I don't want to downplay it, but the thing is it's he's relatively easy for a, a, an established artist to draw like the you know the, there's the 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 trademark spots on the thing that you can either accentuate or downplay just to get your own version out there like Reed is the same way we got the gray on the on the the temples like that's cool, you know, and Johnny's just a pretty boy, but when you nail Susie, and I shouldn't have put it like that when you when you manage to capture Susie to the degree that pacheco did like you number one understand what you're do what you're working with right some people just come on projects and they just they just you know they they do it in a, in a mediocre got to get this job done way but that wasn't pacheco like everything was infused with this beauty and susie was um you could tell that yeah she was a mom she was middle-aged relatively um, but she was a warrior. Like he put it, he had there was a strength to Susie uh, in Pacheco's vision, and she was also very beautiful. But I just I, I I like his depiction of Susie a lot. That's all. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, Godspeed, both of you, Kevin O'Neill and Carlos Pacheco. Um, yeah, I think all of us are, are in their debt.
2: Oh, for sure! Yeah, yeah yep. for
0: what they have given us. Thank you very much, guys. Yep. Say that to Jack. Jack's up there. What took you so long?
1: Right. I'm drawing up everything up here. Me what and do
0: Gil. you what, what do you think? Yeah, me and Gil. <laughs> <laughs> That's he over great. Over there
1: making coffee.
0: Yep. Oh man, it must be a party and a half up there. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so I love it. <laughs> so, what do we have, my friends?
2: I got something that I hope makes that
0: smile. Oh. oh I, hope, I hope I smile, too. That's the benchmark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: Listen, we know our boo worships the altar of Matt Wagner. We know this.
0: We, we know this. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you got. And
2: we know, know that, uh, that um, I had a big white space in my in my, my history it was pertinent to 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 death boo and and that was of course Grendel. so yeah. go ahead
1: i
0: <laughs>
1: i have now i have i have not said anything prior to you putting this on your list when i saw it the other day and i was like you know instant chub but i i i, <laughs> I said i said Jesus. nothing ever since you mentioned you were bringing the book with you to mexico that's right yeah and so, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, he hasn't said anything. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because if, if he read it and he was like, yeah, you know, you like what you like. I'm like, it's cool. I just, you know, we're not going to talk about it. So I was, just I, I was eventually, I'd probably bring it up, but I'm like, let's see, let's see how long it goes. I'm not going to say anything. And, and lo and behold, it was on your list.
2: Yeah, I started in Mexico, but you know how those go. You have the family vacations. I, okay. every, every, every time I go on one of these vacations, I bring 87 book, tell myself I'm going to read thousands of pages of comics, and then I come home with like 20 pages read. And that was the case with this as well. Uh, but yes, I, I have uh, – and I now have the second one in my possession, but I, I am holding Matt Wagner's Grendel Omnibus Volume 1. Produced by Dark Horse. This is the new version, so this is a the the,
1: the one with the back blurb that says now a Netflix show.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's unfortunate. Uh-huh. Yes, it does, but 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 more importantly, it's the one that's an actual comic book sized because the the Thank the, God. the prior grendel Omnibus, which were the same content as I understand it, um, were in those Dark Horse Digest size things, which are fine. You know, listen better than not existing, but but uh, especially as they get a little older with the. With the reading, I like to have the full size, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, this, so these volumes are, um, and again, these are reprints, so it's not like they're breaking new ground here, but but these are, I guess, done, like, they're not released, these aren't collected in the the chronology that the comic was published. They're no, they collect- are. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well then I have some questions. But okay. okay sure. Um so this contains uh Grendel Devil by the Deed, um uh, Grendel Black White and Red 1 through 4, Grendel Red White and Black 1 through 4, uh Grendel Behold the Devil. Um and it's subtitle volume 1 Hunter Rose. So um you know, I, I've known because of Dapp and, and, uh, his jam piece and, and, and all that stuff. Like we've talked about, I know that there've been a bunch of different Grendels and to be fair, we did, we, we I have, I have read the, the most recent Grendel stuff because we talked about it on the show. We were reading it. was so coming out to uh, devil's Od- odyssey, right? That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, so I'd read that and I, and, uh, you know, so it wasn't like, I wasn't completely unfamiliar with, with Grendel. And, and I knew that Hunter Rose was the OG and, and, and I think Dapp's favorite and, then there's Christine Spar which I think is Vince's favorite is that right Vince am I right with that
0: no no it, it, she's no, not my it, favorite okay. but I do like Christine it, epi, okay yeah epi Thatcher's my favorite epi Thatcher okay um so
2: the the thing then if the fa- if this is put out chron- chronologically that I' fascinated by it then because it is it is an odd duck I think in 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 the way it's presented right in this like so it opens with effectively a prose illustrated prose history of of hunter rose and how he how he became from child prodigy to crime lord to grendel to his ultimate death i mean we, we cover the whole thing yep. in in the opening stanza um which is tons and tons of prose with uh, with illo's supporting the prose so it's it's it feels more like a like an illustrated book than it does a comic and then we get the the two anthologies, which I thought was fascinating because when I've always thought of this I've thought, okay, well this is a book that was written and drawn by Matt Wagner, just like Mage. And I guess it is at times, but like the mo- the majority of this omnibus is not drawn by Matt Wagner. Um right. which I guess I'm I'm I was gobsmacked by. Now, that being said, it was really neat to see because I wasn't expecting it and the people that are involved in these two anthology these two these were miniseries, but they're presented here as you know anthology. It, we're, were just a stunning list of uh, of creators. and and fun fact by the way, um I don't know if if you if you've ever read the omnibus, uh, but uh, Cliff Chang did one of the stories and they spelled his name wrong. and they I, like this they they must, con- they must continue, like no one's noticed in in fifteen years since this first version came out that they spell continue to spell his name wrong. Cause like, like this was printed this past year and it's still got his name wrong in it. Like, like, dude, like I'm like, damn! Like, you, they they have it C H A N G. They they forgot it, the I. Oh, they forgot the I. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, but that being said, I mean, I mean, um, the the anthology is cool because even though it's it's, I mean, Matt writes it all, and even though it's drawn by just a ton of different creators, it does chronologically deal with the storylines in much greater detail that we got in the devil by the deed, um, you know, opening prose. So I thought that was pretty nifty. Like I thought that was kind of neat. Cause it's like, all right, we, we know what's going to happen. And then we get, we get a much more detailed journey through Hunter Rose's, uh, life. And, and I thought that was cool. And I thought like with all anthologies, um, it, it is a wide ranging group of artists involved. So, I suspect there will be, if people haven't read this and you pick it up there will be there'll be stories and art that you really vibe with and then stories and art that you're probably like okay because it 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 is not like it's not like Matt was picking artists with a particular style in fact I mean it it you you can't get a wider range of um of styles that were involved in this book right I mean like so it's true. I mean you've got Tim so you got Tim Sale uh, like Mike Allred David Mack uh, Troy Nixie, by the way, like I I didn't realize Troy was making comics that that far back. Um uh you got uh, the Panders, uh Tim Bradstreet, Dean Motter, Guy Davis, Duncan Fagreto, uh Disraeli, which is really cool to see, because I haven't seen him since what was that uh, War of the Worlds comic, Vince? The remember the one um... Scarlet Traces. Scarlet Traces, thank you. Yeah. Uh Paul Chadwick, uh Hoche Anderson, John Paul Leone, um, Jason Pearson, Chris Sprouse, uh, and 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 that's only the first volume. Yeah, and then you go from there. And like I said, there's Cliff Chang in the second one. Um, Stan Sakai, Farrell Dalrymple, uh, Mike Huddleston, uh, Derek Robertson, Phil Noto, Dan Brereton, Michael Zuli Phil Hester, Jim Mafood, very early Mafood, like like not at all doesn't look didn't look at all like what he looks like these days. Um, uh, Andy Kuhn, Mike Hawthorne, so like just a ton of of of. Uh, Ashley Wood, can't forget him. Um, really neat to see all of their interpretations of Grendel and the characters, um, and um, and and then the the final story is 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 illustrated by by Wagner, and and it it looks like you know amazing Matt Wagner in all of his ways. So I thought it was awesome. Like I I in fact I finished this the other day, and I immediately jumped into the second volume, which which is uh, all about Christine Sparr. and um, and I you know I had no idea like. I know you guys would always talk about all these different Grendels and say, "Oh, well, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite." I didn't realize that there was like a lineage. Yes. Like, like that. Like, it's, it's, it's not like Christine, you know. But like Christine is the daughter of, you know, like the adopted daughter. Right. Of, the adopt right. heroes. Yeah, which is like pretty weird, and like, and she's the product of and rape. that's a
1: sad fucking story. Right. Right. Yeah. She,
2: yeah. She's the product of rape, and um, and and, and so this was just different on a lot of levels it was different because of the anthology aspect it was different because like hunter rose i figured was an anti-hero but um in a way he's i mean he's he's somewhat you know i mean on the surface is like a bruce wayne character right he's like this billionaire debonair everybody thinks of him as just this really smart rich socialite he's an, an author um you know, and and it's kind of funny. Like you could never get as rich as the guy is in the book. Like just be, uh, even if you're like you know Stephen King ain't living that way. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, but just uh, you just like the ultimate gentleman. Like women 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 want to bet him. You know, men want to be him. Uh, type of thing. Uh, and and the the other thing is is I didn't realize that Argent was thought like was was basically his nemesis from the start and i really was surprised that he basically dies in the first you know like the early on he's he's he dead like i just i assumed that like he was a recurring main character throughout grendel like i didn't know that like or he's gone it's time to move on to a different grendel like i didn't realize that's the way it went about um and i was trying to figure out because the structure of the book is is surprised me um, I, you know, and again, this is, I know it's not news for you guys, but I, I had forgotten, or maybe I never re- knew that, that a lot of the stuff that I read in here was from, was in, it was in Mage.
1: I didn't realize that. No, not, well, the, 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 the prose, the text piece at the beginning, yeah. the Devil by yeah. the deed that was in, that was the back, that was the back half of Mage, uh, 6 through 14. Right, yeah. Um, and yes, and that was the complete hunter rose story as far as like the a reboot if you want to call it that because there were some stories in the kamiko primer anthology right that was the first appearance of grendel which is and that's
2: in the that's in the there's a grendel
1: archives on that yes it has that stuff yeah yeah uh so so you can get everything it's been reprinted um except for the uh like this obviously doesn't have the the batman grendel the first crossover um which is Hunter Rose. The second crossover is, is, um, Grendel Pront. So you have, so, but yes, this was the reprint does the, the omnibus does collect it in chronological, in, in the order it was published because devil by the D was first. Okay. Then he decided to tell, tell stories of Hunter Rose. Uh, and, and as with everything mage that is, as with everything Grendel, that isn't Grendel tales, Matt, writes at all so you have yeah. um so there's there was the O'Body deed there's the anthology the 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 two with the red spots and then the behold the devil right. was the he that was done uh 2008 or 10 or so. it, it, it's it it was done a bunch of years ago um and i i reread it recently and um, I don't know where the hell I was when I read it the first time because I was completely blown away by how um, and and everything. The story is told by Christine Spar. All all of I mean, she she's recounting Hunter's life, and 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 so so Devil by the Deed is is her story, and um, and so is. Behold the Devil, and and uh, which basically is just focusing on a section of uh, Hunter's journals that uh, the pages were ripped out of. So we're we're seeing what actually happened, right?
2: But that's what I'm saying. See, like that's my point. Like, be, be, this book has Behold the Devil, which came out in 2007. Tons of it. Grendel comics came out before Behold the Devil came out. So this yes. isn't so. that's so, what I'm saying this isn't chronological because this, no, this, well, <laughs> this is just all of the Hunter Rose stories,
1: right? Yes, it's yeah. chronological as far as the Hunter Rose stuff, right? Because right. once. Once, once Kimiko folded, uh, well, well, after, when, when, the, after Mage ended, the first Mage series ended and, and Matt did a Grendel book for Kimiko, Christine Spar was the first 12 issues and that's in the second Omnibus. And then Brian Lee Sung, who is connected to Christine, he had three issues and then, um, and, and then, again still written by matches is drawn by different artists for each arc and uh and and then we have we, we kind of jump around into the future and that's when we get you know epi thatcher and and orion and, and so it's yes the, the the grendel story itself those comics those are going to be told in the other omnibus but uh as far as the hunter rose stuff in this collection it is presented in the order that that uh Miko and, and Dark Horse Polish.
2: Right, but just but based on the but of the character though. So because because again, like we because yep. all of the right to your point, like all of the spar and sung and epi stuff came in between this. In between. Yes. This yeah,
1: yeah, which okay. is what which which was neat to see um it, Hunter kind of gets to see his not necessarily his future, but uh the 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 Grendel the legacy of Grendel's future. Um uh, there's a bunch of double page spreads uh in the last issue of behold the devil where he he gone gotten his, you you the reader see things that have already happened as if you were reading them when he came out but but hunter is seeing you know what what grendel's future holds and it was just it, it blew my mind that um matt decided to kind of to kind of do that and 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 he is extremely he's deliberate he leaves no characters because uh whereas you know sparks the the cop in charge of the unofficial task force you know we see her fate pretty much in behold the devil but she does make an appearance in the anthology so he matt basically he's probably got the board out with the red yarn going through everybody so he knows everybody where they appeared somewhere else and and it's just i love seeing that, that because grendel is so vast and goes on forever um but just seeing the hunter rose portion of it um and and just to see how small of a bubble everything that hunter touches kind of takes place in um it was just it it it's a fantastic omnibus it, it's it's great to have you know all the issues and and read them as they came out but to have i i think it's absolutely amazing i i i'm super thankful that Dark Horse has published these on the bus volumes this way so that you can um, follow the story along. And, and yeah, and, and I like that it's just there's enough Hunter Rose stuff now where, you know, it gets its own first volume and then everything that came after it that, that Kimiko published in the ongoing and then eventually Dark Horse reprinted as various minis, um, they can... Find a home in in their own volumes. And then you also have the Grendel Tale stuff, which we should probably turn into well, at least one or two of the stories into a book of the month. But I am, I am, I am glad that uh, that, that that you finally read it. It's about time. Oh yeah, time. and,
2: it, and it was, No, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, it was. It's definitely fascinating on a, on a lot of levels. Like like the the design is fascinating. I mean, I guess Matt is clearly. I mean, I took it to be that he was enamored with like characters like zoro it would seem right because there's definitely those kind of elements like the swashbuckling uh aspect the the choice of the weapon fascinates me because it's i I mean i've never seen a weapon like that other other i love the fork yeah you know so it's like it it, like it looks like a tuning fork from one angle but it's obviously really like two really sharp swords um also fascinating to me because the book generally speaking at least in, in this omnibus is 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 reality-based quote-unquote meaning like everybody's human except for argent who's you know a cloven hooved multi-hundred-year-old native american you know beast and it's just weird because like it's the only
1: supernatural thing in the entire book um uh no 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 when um and behold the devil when when grendel goes to visit toro and he and he has to go through all the undead and and the kind of the the zombies well at the end at the end yeah, 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 yeah 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 no fair enough
2: fair enough but but uh but the, again like that was 20 years like that's sort yes. of like a retcon yeah so so like but 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 Arjun was at the beginning and yes. and yeah so i just kind of found that fascinating like and you know that he like he makes him out to be like like you know this native american that gets cursed and and yet that choices like that fascinate me because there's no re- like that is not relevant to the book in any way <laughs> sure, beyond that yeah. like like he just throws it and that's cool that he throws it in there like he thought about it but like it doesn't play a role like there's nothing like it doesn't it's not pertinent to Arjun's journey in this book at all um, other than to explain I guess why he's a furry creature and like it's there's like it is it's there's pre- it's pretty fucking weird right like 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 this little girl you know st- like Palumbo she's you know like she's on the regular hanging out with this cloven wolf beast and like people are just chill with it they're like oh was was he was he visiting you again oh that's cool. <laughs> it's like, cool
1: it's a like you know, fucking the devil.
2: <laughs> yeah it's like it's like i mean like it's just the whole
0: thing was real like real bizarre in that way too um argent's argent's a skinwalker i don't know what that means well so you obviously don't listen to me um <laughs> oh my God, stop that? The, there, there are exactly what you said there are native americans that were cursed they're, they're magic users and they can assume the form of a, a beast argent's a well, skinwalker he, but and, and i but love he, the fact that you said so he doesn't he, he's stuck in that form he doesn't right he doesn't, but yeah. the fact that you said it, it's reality based this could be our reality Right, because there's, there are legends of the Skinwalkers in our reality. There are many people out there who believe this to be true. Right? I mean, I many fucking loons. I mean, okay, but, I mean, you know, all right. I mean, no, I mean, you can you can make fun of it, but it is it is okay. a thing. Okay. All right. Well, in, in my reality, it's not
2: a thing. But well, uh, that doesn't let's,
0: discount let's, it from the, glo- the the kidding. cosmic reality. You could believe it or okay. not.
2: Okay. Word up! Word up!
0: Yep, word up uh <laughs>
2: strange turn that's a, that's a strange hill to die on but that's what cool um yeah no so i'm definitely i ain't down. dead I, my friend but go I'm ahead i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to check out christine spar you know she seems to have a real chip on her shoulder at the start a little bit yeah a little bit um so yeah man like uh uh and you know at some point i guess once i've read other some of the other grendels i'll be curious if if i have if i glom onto one over the of the others i i am uh, is is hunter rose your favorite dab just because he's the og I mean is, is it just like it, it's,
1: yep mostly yeah. that it it is it's it's uh I mean reading mage and then coming across this it, it there's just something about and maybe maybe it also is is um plays a part in into my like fascination or 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 my love of of someone like Sonny. I love I love the black and white design minimal design i i i think the outfit the original grendel outfit i just think all black that 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 funky fucking mask the 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 fork i just i like that look and then over the years whether it's christine and her plunging neckline or or epi and and his bandages or or brian and his sewn in eyes there's just everybody kind of tweaks it to their own thing i I, prime that the cyborg is is you know a badass but I just i i like i like the look and the fact that uh, that that kind of just mage was one thing, but then for 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 Matt to also have this other character in his back pocket, even though he was he proceeds matchstick and mirth, it, it's it's just I I yeah, it was just one of those things where it it just it struck me and and it stuck and I it, because I tend to kind of glom onto the originals um sure it's it's i mean you know if i had read christine first or if i started Mm -hmm. the grendel series in like the 20s you know who knows but but yeah it was thankfully i was kind of i was there for the second start of this version and um and that's that, that that's kind of all it took but yeah it's it's just it's it's the look of the character that just just that straight up black and white nothing fancy it's like same thing with 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 the adrian chase vigilante with you know that 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 keith pollard cover where you know you can't you can't see the character's body because it's just straight black except for the lines the white and blue lines going down his arms or you know if he turns his head with the red visor like you know you you don't know how his body is positioned it's just because Mm -hmm. no one's bothering to you know white ink the the lines and it's just i it's just, yeah. I just, I, I, just get sucked into that look.
2: Right on.
0: So there we go. Nice.
1: Grendel in the house.
2: My man.
0: Well done. Ooh. What you booze got? Uh, I have something specifically for you. It's going to make your friggin' day. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you meaning Jason, right? I, I w- selected this. I'm like, oh, my, my buddy's just going to get off on this. So much that I just have to bring it to the show, Jason. It's illustrated by Noah Van Sciver. Nothing. Okay. Oh, okay. you, you like Noah Van Sciver, don't you? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't
2: say he's like, you know, it's not like you're like, dude it's drawn by David Rubin. Then I'd be
0: like, oh shit. All right. But uh, I like well, Noah. Sure. Yeah, he's but, great. Hey, yeah, a lot cooler than his brother.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Well, it goes without saying. But, that's uh, an interesting uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Seriously. Home. Jesus. No. It, it is a wonderful slab of music history entitled... <laughs> Grateful yeah. Dead Origins.
2: I mean, that's why I was... I mean, I, Right? You know, I, I, I see what's on your list here, so I'm like,
0: oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for you, boo.
2: No doubt. And I'm sure Written
0: by Chris Miskevich. Illustrated, of oh, course. My, that's
2: my boot, too. Ms. By <sighs> boo.
0: Noah Van Sciver. Color arts by Aladdin Collar. Uh, the design, this will ring a bell with you, Jason, is by Tyler Boss. Oh, for sure. Yeah, four kids walk into a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. It's edited by David Lemieux, who uh, you won't know who he is, but I'll tell you. He, he's the archivist or archivist and legacy manager for the Grateful Dead. And it was published by Z2 Comics. And uh, Rhino, their their current home. But uh hate Ashbury all over the place in this book. This is the uh, mid to late 60s. Um, and the book chronicles the first five years in the phenomenon known as the Grateful Dead. And you're asking yourself, well, wait a minute. Grateful Dead, one of the most famous uh, musical acts ever... How could the band be at a loss for documentation on their their history? Well, you would think that uh, because the seventies and the eighties were very very well documented, but the sixties not so much because they were not the phenomenon they would later become in the sixties. They were ramping up, so um, it's a dead spot (pun intended) uh, in the existing visual documentation for the band. Hence, the the need for the book, right? And it opens on May twenty seventh, 1965, where in San Francisco, a big surprise, there's a a very young Phil Lesh and friends, uh, and they're dropping acid, and they're on the way to see a band called the Warlocks, um, featuring a friend of Phil's uh, who just happened to be Jerry Garcia, right? And the Warlocks... Which were named by uh Bobby after reading some Tolkien. Let's call the band the Warlocks. Uh they're almost the Grateful Dead. Almost, right? You had Bob Weir, the other one, the best number two in history, uh on guitar, Ron Pigpen McKernan was on vocals, uh Bill Kreutzman was on drums, and some guy called Dana Morgan was on bass. And this guy had a music store. Jerry taught guitar at the music store. The, the band practiced there. But the guy was in the Army Reserves, right? And he couldn't commit to any kind of schedule. So Jerry wanted Dana out and Phil in. And despite Phil not knowing how to play the bass at the time, uh, the rest, as they say, is history. But there's so much going on in this book that um, if if you're not a fan of the Grateful Dead? Uh, I don't know many of those people, but if you're not, um, I think there's more than enough within this book to uh, propel you through the narrative. But if you are a fan, you're going to be like a pig in shit because it, it touches upon a lot of events in the band's history that are very, very important. Um, the story of how Jerry lost part of his finger, Right there's uh he had a aside from that accident there are a number of accidents that are very revealing um uh, with jerry uh at the center there's uh an awesome sequence there, it was new year's eve and uh bob weir's walking down a street and he hears somebody you know playing guitar and he's he's looking around looking around and and he he finds the the spot and he walks in and it's Jerry and Jerry's like hey man uh yeah I'm just waiting for my student to come and Bob's like Jerry it's new year's eve i i I don't think your student's going to come and Jerry's like oh well you want a jam and it was the first face to face like they had Past each other in, in various situations prior to this event, but this was the first meeting between Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir. And they jammed, and they hit it off, and it just felt right, and it worked. Um, the uh, There's a, a sequence where the band, um, minus Pigpen and Bill, they trip balls on Jerry's birthday. And Jerry was bur- born on August 1st. So he's Leo like me, and and it was the first time Bob ever took LSD, and it just cracked open his head, and exposed him to to the you know the wonder of the universe and why he was doing what he was doing. Like he left home at a very early age. He he's dyslectic dyslexic, so wasn't real good in school mainly because he had a hard time reading and co- comprehending the stuff. But he he was bright and um just wasn't cut out for uh academia, right? So uh, his mother's just like I can't take it anymore. You you just got to leave. You're 18, just just you you got to do something with your life. And he left home. Um so he entered the band at a very young age and the dead were essentially his family. Like he was adopted um and didn't have the grounding in in a family that was quote, uh, uh, his, unquote, you know, so the the dead became his family, and, um, the, the, the events, there, there are many, right, the, there's one passage where the warlocks get bounced from a bar because they're too loud, and this is before the wall of sound, like, they were just loud from the get-go, um, and they were replaced by a duo of accordion and clarinet, <laughs> entirely fitting, right, um, and it, again if you're a fan of of the music this book details how they went from a cover band essentially playing the blues right uh loudly um how did they go from that type of musical entity to the to the jam band they eventually became there's a a a part in the book where it, they find joy in exploration, Jerry's just like yeah. Let's extend the song. Let's push, push it out. Let's see where the music goes, and, and that's the whole nexus of what the Dead became. Just extending that musical conversation with these improvisational passages. Right? They surrender to the flow, Jason. Right? Sound sculpture. This is what they did. They 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 let the music tell them where it wanted to go. And uh, there's a Uh, a question of telepathy right when 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 people work together in a creative medium for a a good amount of time you you pick up on if you're a band you pick on uh, audio cues or visual cues that tells you maybe where these guys are going whatever it is they're doing and you adjust you're playing to better complement what they're doing like again that's the grateful dead these guys were so in sync that they were speaking to each other on a uh, but it was all unset, right they were just reacting to what uh, the others were doing um it it uh, details them writing their own material and recording a demo um, the, the name change from the Warlocks to the Grateful Dead, why they do it. The reasons are in this book, but it's kind of like a gang's all here, early sixties, um, type deal. I mean, um, Ken, uh, Kesey's in it and the acid test, the merry pranksters, Allen Ginsberg, Neil Cassidy. Jason, you should know who Neil Cassidy is because Neil Cassidy was Kerouac's inspiration for Dean Moriarty in on the road and you love that book indeed right Uh, the good ship furthers in here bill graham Jimi hendrix makes a very very small appearance andy warhol ron reagan's in here uh hugh hefner the acid king himself bear owsley um and then it goes into like the final crucial piece of the grateful dead puzzle when mickey hart joins the band Prior to his arrival, they only had one drummer. I mean, Bill's great, but they decided to add another drummer. Like, why not? And that just... Everything was in place by that point, right? Um, you get to see the recording of the first album "An Anthem of the Sun, and the whole book culminates with the Dead's performance at Woodstock, right? So... Uh, Full disclosure, I love the music and the men and women behind it. So the book was a very easy sell for me. Um, May not be the same if you're just, you know, a casual fan or maybe not at all. I don't know if this book will click. I'm sure it will. Uh, It it is essential documentation, right? But one of the neat things about it is no one knows that he's not Mort Drucker. So he doesn't attempt to render exact likenesses of the characters, but his approach, it's, it's, it's very odd. He manages to capture the spirit of the, the participants, like the essence of these characters without going into, um, Drucker like detail, getting everything about each one. So, I mean, there are some pages where, it's obvious who they are, but the characters aren't delineated super faithfully to the way they looked in life, right? You you're going to know Jerry Garcia when you see him on a page, right? But it's not there's no photorealism going here and there's no uh stylation like Drucker did where you know, it's obvious who they are. You know who it is, but it's not super over-rendered or an exact likeness of these characters. But it's I think he did a phenomenal job because um, it, the 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 meat of this thing isn't in the exact detailing of the characters. It's in the the mythology of the band, right? To me, and they say that you know if you design a good character, you could do a silhouette of it, and anyone would immediately know who the characters are. And that's what this is. Like you could tell by the body language and the 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 you know the the contour lines exactly who they are. So yeah, it's uh it's just an amazing amazing book. Um if you have Netflix, there's a Bob Weir documentary called The Other One that features many of the events depicted in this book. Some of them verbatim. So like this is this is mythology. This is the legacy of the band. It's coming straight out of Bob's mouth, right? Uh, the, it's a great documentary on uh, the life and times of Bob Weir. Uh, it's, I Even if you're not a fan, watch it because it's amazing. Uh, but that's Grateful Dead Origins. I had th- th- the best time reading this thing this week. I knew some of it going in. I didn't know the, the, the specifics of, of a lot of the details. But Big Picture, I knew a lot of it. But it, it just... Added immeasurably to my appreciation of of what these guys uh, produced. I think it's a wonderful book. Uh, Jason's going to run out and get it if he hasn't already. He probably I'll ordered just, it. I ordered it while you
2: were talking. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I ordered the deluxe version too, so I could get that vinyl. You mentioned that. Sorry, I was coughing. There's a QR code on the inside front cover that will unlock. Some music for you. So you got the standard version. You didn't get the deluxe version. Oh, no, I did not get the deluxe version. Well, I figured you being the vinyl mark that you are, you'd be all over it. I got a lot of dead vinyl, so
2: <laughs> you know Z two is interesting, man. Like they've done yeah. some really cool stuff, and it's—I mean, it's—I—I I, I don't know if it's all. I guess I, everything I know of them is music-related. I—I—I I, I don't I can't say for sure that they haven't done non-music-related comics, but. But um, you know that's 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 like Dave Chisholm's home. That's where his his book instrumental, and then um, and then the the Chase and the bird. You know the the book he did about Charlie Parker's years in California. Yep. Um, so that's where I'm familiar with. And and that I have the standard version of that. Uh, but but that I know they did a limited edition for that as well with uh, a vinyl that had uh, two
0: unreleased uh, Charlie Parker recordings on it at the time. So I think that's one of the things in the deluxe version. You get an unreleased uh dead track with it. I'm not sure cuz like I said I don't have it. But um Yeah, I thought the paperback was was enough for me and I'm just I'm glad I bought it. Yeah, I mean and and it's I mean they they've done like stuff on like uh I mean everything from like the
2: gorillas to like well, we Cypress almost... to Cypress <laughs> Hill. I mean they like they they
1: We almost they've done... got the Anthrax book at New York Comic Con. <laughs> oh, that's right. Last. Oh yeah. I thought we that's did. Funny. Didn't we buy it? No, no. We flipped through it a couple of times, and then we were going to uh, go to the panel, but none of that ever materialized. Oh, that was
0: the deluxe version of it, right? Yes. Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't buy it. I, sometimes I, I just I'm not into deluxe versions of things that are untested, right?
1: And I'm I'm glad they had it that we could flip through. Yeah. Because this uh, did it, it, wait. I,
2: did uh, was he two the ones that did that Guar comic? I'm not sure about that. Oh, I wait, mean, no here it is yeah um do du- do a verse of absurdity yeah they did it the 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 Mike Dirks uh uh
0: comic yeah they did it see i don't have that then i thought i had all the guar comics i don't have that one. Oh,
1: my god Guar versus oh Guar,
0: multiverse spanning graphic novel from z2 this, 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 this i think they is have here. a they have a judas priest one and there's a maiden one i think yes. yeah yeah no i i like the the imprint a, a lot there's a joe jet
1: there's, they, uh, I don't know if they have the Maiden stuff, because Heavy Metal's been doing the, uh, the Iron Maiden comics.
0: Oh, right, right. But they, I know they have a... Oh, the Guar sp- book comes out uh, in December.
2: Uh, oh, no wonder.
0: On, I'm on it go. then. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll have to hear about that, too. There you go. Odorous Arungas. No, nah, I... I, I, don't, I can't really encapsulate in, in stupid little words uh, how I feel about The Grateful Dead, but um, I could not imagine an existence without their music so
1: there's that yeah i i'm not as well versed in that as i as i'd like to be i'm familiar but not i mean when it comes to things from that era that i tend to be steeped in for some reason um, but also some of um what i grew up listening to of course was what my folks listened to and there wasn't a whole lot of dead playing in the house
0: yeah i i remember my first dead album thinking um wow grateful dead skull on the front this is gonna be fucking metal yeah and i put it on and it was like nothing like i thought it would be (laughs) but after a while you know it, it seeps into the bones and you get it right so
1: tim truman still does the illustrations in the magazine
0: I Do you believe, get the magazine? I believe so. I don't think the, the magazine's still published, but they have oh, okay. released compilations of of Tim Truman's work. Yeah, with of the from the Grateful Dead. Yeah, no, I, I the, that stuff is just great. Yeah, Breaker's a big Dead fan. I know that. Yeah. So yeah. so is Kaziki.
1: Yes. Makes well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> what is <laughs> color color shock? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, since we don't talk about manga enough, I figured I'd, uh... Look at... Man,
2: flipping everything. I'm talking about Grendel. <laughs> yeah, that's talking about manga. That, the only thing... It would, if Vince, Vince let off with a, with, a, with, a, with a DC mainstream book. Series. Seriously.
1: <laughs> oh, here's the new Golden Age. Um...
0: Yeah, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Make sure we so save
2: this... time for Vince to talk about Fantastic Four number one.
1: Oh, yeah. Complete with the Danny DeVito gif. Mm-hmm. Um... So this is from, uh, Yen Press and with, with an unfortunate comma, this is, uh, she loves to cook and she loves to eat. And I, I opened up the, the box when, when this arrived and, and it was bundled right underneath the, um, the reckless book, follow me down. And, and, uh, so I pulled them both out and read them both the same day. But, um, I vaguely remember ordering this and I probably ordered it because, Oh, look, it's, it's a manga about food. So, um, it's it's a very sweet uh story and I think the second volume comes out in March and I do believe it's a or it's being made into a uh a live action show. But um it is by uh Sakeomi Yuzaki and it is about Namoto, who, as the title says, loves to cook and Kasuga who loves to eat. Kasuga's a very um She's she's a broad-shouldered, um, tall woman, and uh, kind of like you know you'd see like old Russian wrestlers or things like that. she kind of has that body? And um, the Moto is very slender. Um, and she, you know, her her job doesn't pay her much, so you know, a lot of her budget, uh, her food budget is based on you know whatever's on sale, and uh, but she would love to make these large meals most of what she makes you know she'll she'll make her food and freeze things and save it for lunch for work and and plan her meals that way but she would really just like to go all out and make something that uh for a large group so she can just you know go buck wild and and make a large spread and and really go at it as opposed to you know trying to minimize these portions and things like that but she has nobody to cook for there's nobody in her life what's interesting about this book um is that all the women are fully realized. And the men, you kind of see their mouth and part of their nose, but they have no eyes. The faces are not realized at all for any man in the entire book. Um, and I don't know if that's typical or, or or something that, you know, some some creators do for manga, but it, it stood out here because it's really kind of the first time I've, I've noticed it. Uh, or maybe it's just yuzaki style I, I i don't know but um the illustrations are fantastic especially with all the the images of of the food but the uh the chapters are kind of broke down so that y- you're introduced to uh namoto first and uh you know we see kind of her day-to-day life uh what she deals with and um she kind of keeps to herself when she gets home and uh you know, lather repeat and until one day she's arriving at home she's in the elevator with uh kasuga and and kasuga's got these massive bags from like you know kfc we'll say and it's just nothing but buckets of chicken and and the model's like i'd only see her in her apartment like that is all for her that this is insane how can one person put all this food away and then it dawns on her she's like Maybe I'll finally you know make the dishes I want, and I can give her the rest or i'll I'll cook for her so we can both enjoy it and that's kind of that's kind of where um the story kind of takes off from there and 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 Kasuga's very she kind of keeps to herself she doesn't say much um one thing she does say is that every time she's about to eat as she says rather loudly she proclaims thanks for the meal," and she'll say that every time. Don't know why that hasn't been explained yet, but she sits down before she starts putting it away. Thanks for the meal, all loud and boastful, and then, and that's it. And Nomoto is just, she's just sitting there, she's just watching this woman eat her food, and she's just beside herself. She's just so happy that she's actually cooking what she wants to cook, and someone is sitting there and enjoying it. And, and it's just, it, it really did just, I'm smiling throughout this entire thing. And, uh, they're, um, Nomoto's mom calls her at one point, uh, you know, doing the whole thing with, you know, well, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get a man and this, that, and the other, and 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 Nomoto's really not interested in that, and you kind of start to see um, a relationship form between the two women. Uh, it it kind of starts when um, Nomoto's a little under the weather because cramps, she, she cramps are coming on, and and she's getting a little explicit in her texts to uh, Kasuga. And um, that's when, you know, information is exchanged between the two women in that regard. And uh, she shows up, Kasuga shows up also with a rice cooker. So she they're just really having a whole lot of fun together. Um, and eventually you start to see um, the two of them start the expressions kind of change and they're thinking things. No one's actually saying anything, but you can kind of see that the women are starting to feel something for each other. Um, The end of the volume, there's a, uh, we're nearing the holidays and, um, and, and they're trying to make plans and whether or not, you know, they should go their separate ways and, and, and see their families. Um, But, uh, you know, Kasuga's like that's um, there's really um, she hasn't been home, in in about you know in, in about ten years since she moved, to this town she hasn't been back home, um, so Namoto's like well then you know what then I'll I'll skip the trip home this year and and I'll cook for us we'll have the we'll celebrate the holidays together then we'll just you know that that'll be it'll be our time and and you know, Kasuga's kind of just, she's kind of expressionless but she's registering all this information and she's just like yeah i I, i'd like that i I guess we have a christmas party to plan and they start talking about what's going to happen there and it's just it's it's a um i'm really looking forward to the second volume now to see how things progress but i just really really uh had a lot of fun with this just just seeing seeing this 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 little woman kind of just you know have fun Making food and 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 everything she goes through just to cook for herself, but now she has somebody. It, it was just, it was amazing. It, it was close to fascinating. Just watching this unfold and and uh, and just being being aware of reading a manga, unlike other things like you know, crazy food truck or way the house has been. Things like you know, that are a little bit more action packed or a little bit um, fan. Sea base like Death Note things like that where I I that's the kind of typical manga I'm I'm used to and that, that that's what I tend to pick up when I feel like reading manga but this was just this was a complete 180 from just about everything else that um that I've read and and it was uh, at least manga based and and but this was this was a lot of fun I yeah that that one comment still bugs me but other than that it it's a uh, it's it's a really really cute quaint little tale. Uh, looking forward to seeing where it's going, and and I really do. I, I, I think the art is nice, and um, especially the illustrations when it comes to the food and and the preparation and the, and and the equipment that they're using. It, it's just really, really well done. So yeah, I definitely. Um, I don't want to wait till March for the next volume, but 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 I guess I have to. I didn't check the latest previews. I think it's going to be in a December previews, but I'll um I'll just keep an eye out for it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I was. I was very pleasantly surprised. I'm 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 glad it uh I'm glad I decided to lean into it and give it a shot and uh then I'll definitely be checking out future volumes. Well, um
0: if for no other reason than I wanna put a manga orama in the show notes, okay this is not gonna take long. Um Okay. You said cute that is uh the word i would use to describe this it's called night of the living cat
1: oh yeah i want to hear about this
0: uh, by uh the stories by hawkman okay the art is by mecca roots mecca-roots um it's absurd it's taken i mean the the creator list is absurd so um if you said to me hey i want you to read this pastiche on night of the living dead but instead of zombies, it's cats. <laughs> I would be like, "Yeah, that sounds great," and that's exactly what I thought when I when I pre-ordered this. Like, all right, this looks fun. It looks weird, and and comics should be ridiculous, right? Um, the setup is that there's a there's a a, a virus that has spread and mutated. Um, that is carried by cats, and if a cat or cats nuzzle you and cuddle with you, you will transform into a cat that's okay. the That's the whole book there's There's a scene early in the book where a character gets surrounded by cats and he falls down. And I'm thinking, all right, this is a lot like that scene in Day of the Dead where Joe Pilato's on the ground and they, the zombies rip him apart and he's screaming, Joe got him. It's nothing like that. The guy puts his hand up and you see the cats come into the panel and they're they're brushing up against his hand and they're loving him and meow, it's all. And the guy's hand turns from a human hand into a cat hand. And he was wearing goggles in his human form and when the cat when he turns into a cat the cat has goggles around its neck and it's got this big shitty grin on it like i'm a cat uh the uh, the art is phenomenal it's extremely detailed it's gorgeous in spots there's a, a blizzard of lines on every page but other than that this book did not connect with me on any level I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Uh, uh-huh. There's no gravitas. Like, these people are, the, the threat is we're going to be turned into cats. Like, okay, that is. could that be such a bad thing? I don't know. I mean, you know, it seems like most of the population has been turned into cats. There's a lot of freaking cats in this book, and they're all cute. And you got one character that loves cats so much. That even in a, a life or death, well, not death, but even in a situation where there's a possibility he could be turned into a cat, he won't react violently to cats because they're so cute. I just got, I got nothing. This this book was, it, it was dead on arrival. Uh, Damn. Yeah, other than, uh, like I said, other than the beautiful artwork, I won't be traipsing into volume two. Wow. Yeah, so there's my three minutes on Night of the Living Cat it's spicy by, it's, by, it's so silly it's it, that's the thing it, pun intended the book is a little too fluffy for me okay like
1: it, I, I don't want to belabor the point i didn't think it was good okay that i'm glad i i was looking for it um when i went to the shop tonight and i couldn't remember the name of it And i thought you posted a photo of it
0: i did yeah that's the, I the cat with the goggles like,
1: like and i couldn't find it in any of the slack channels so then i just went to our goddamn um i finally wised up and went to our reading list on on, on our slack and i was like okay and i asked joko and and he did he believes he ordered the first time because he, he generally orders the first volume of every manga and um but they sold it and then i was talking to him about um dan to dan and he was going oh no no he had uh I talked about. I told him about. Um, she loves to cook. She loves to eat, and he he did order that. They sold it. He was going to read it, but he decided to start reading Chainsaw Man instead. Um, so we were talking a little bit about manga tonight, but um, but I was looking for it. He said he did order the first volume, and uh, and and they sold it because Cats and Horror seems to be a um, or. or horror and comedy seems to be a uh, cats and horror. Yeah, there seems to be a big hit in peak skill apparently.
0: Yeah, there's not much comedy in the book either. Uh, okay. There's not much of anything in in the book uh, they they're running from cats and cats are getting in and they're running from cats and I I I I can't recommend it to you. I really can't. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't have it then. Yeah. Jason. Yes, yes sir. Can we finally talk Wolverine? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I need Joel to talk about this because I know
1: he's yeah, I mean, giddy it, about it. And I will
2: say, yes, we can. I mean, if for when people are like, "What do you mean, finally?" Vince has been Vince read Wolverine twenty five. I'm guessing what three weeks ago when it came out. I read twenty six and twenty seven. I mean twenty six, but you were like the second you read twenty six, like well wow, you you caught up on Wolverine and I'm like nah nah, nah, I'm not but I got in the, you get, and like every week since you've been like dude did you read Wolverine yet? Did you read Wolverine yet? Yeah. so I finally re- I read 20 through I had uh, the last I read was the was the 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 shit the the X the X-Lives next steps uh, of him um so I caught up I read 20 through 27 this week uh so yes Vince I finally read Wolverine number 26 do tell because and i will say that uh it is remarkable to me you seem to always cuz you know i read all the mutant stuff you seem to always get mad hyped about the mutant books that i'm like oh they were good like i'm like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm never like like every time you bring up a mutant book i'm like yeah that was good but it's never like the one that i would gush about if i if I were like, what's the best mutant book on the shelves right now? So it's interesting to me. Like, and this this counts for that as well. I I I I, I I'm enjoying Wolverine. That's why I've, I've read 27 issues of it. But I don't. It
0: doesn't curl my toes. So wow. Yeah. Whew. I I thought what I read from this arc so far, it's bananas. It, it's in, it's just insane to me that this is. The events of these two issues are happening in a mainstream Marvel book. Interesting. Okay. Now, I'll I'll try and tell them what it's about, and you feel very free to correct me, because Mm -hmm. I'm not up to date on all of the the mutant stuff. But from what I discern from these two issues, that Logan doesn't like the way Hank is managing X-Force. Correct. They're very much at odds. Yeah. Okay. And then I read the first bunch of issues of this run, and that's where Jeff Bannister came from, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Bannister is Wolverine's buddy who's in the CIA and I get this guy has a talent for deciphering hidden code in media. Like he'll he can read a passage of text and if there was some kind of a message implanted in clandestinely within the text he can not not only know it's there but he could pick out uh the actual words and and decipher what is being said correct mm-hmm. all right so this jeff is reading a magazine and he finds out that there's this black market auction group called the legacy house that are selling mutant paraphernalia um and so he tries to get the low down on him. It's so stupid. I thought this was like the actual worst part of of the issue that um, Bannister's wife had died of cancer. And his daughter has cancer now, but she seems to be on the mend. Uh, daughter meaning a little tiny, you know, girl. Um, so he's out at a park bench one day. and he, he had seen this woman passing her on a number of occasions. And this one day he decides, I'm going to sit down and talk to this woman. And the woman looks remarkably similar to his dead wife. And I'm thinking, that doesn't raise a flag with you? That you're this guy that can pick out these almost imperceptible bits of code from media, and you don't think it's suspicious that you meet someone who looks a lot like your dead wife? Mm-hmm. And it, and it turns out the woman was not a woman at all. She was someone um using an image inducer called um the merchant the merchant yeah so they he he and wolverine go undercover into this legacy house and the guy snaps off the image inducer and turns into this cowboy hat wearing bolo tied old dude um and this is where the issue just went right off the, the rails to me. Not long after this guy enters the narrative, he takes a a gun and blows off half of wolverine's head. Like on panel, boom, just blows and and then he starts carving pieces of wolverine's flesh off and auctioning them off. And so the one person off panel wants the the luxury of being able to kill Wolverine and we'll pay for it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is insane. They're they're Wolverine's like a sack of meat and they're just auctioning off his life to the highest bidder. Like, this is nuts. And it turns out the person bidding to end Wolverine's life is none other than Hank McCoy. It's insane. (laughs) It's like they're taking a very deliberate Root to transforming Hank into the dark beast from Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. It's nuts. And, but even then in 27, Hank McCoy cuts off Wolverine's head. He kills him and cuts his head off. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And then he puts this goofy collar thing around it that I'm, I'm guessing was grown in Krakoa. And makes Wolverine his slave, and has Wolverine go out and murder people. <laughs> it, this is it's bananas. Like, how do you not see this as like the greatest thing ever? And it's all illustrated by Juan Jose Rip. the 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 painstaking detail in each panel is it just makes my heart explode. Like there are, there are many flashbacks with X Force. And in one double page spread, they're fighting like pirates of the Caribbean type, um, tentacle face pirates. And there's a shark in the fucking panel and Deadpool's go. Like it's just amazing artwork. But the point being why I love this so much is I think these couple issues that I read are elevated far beyond the typical mutant book for me. This feels like something really special like, if I don't get a hardcover of this, I'm going to have to go Wolverine and start killing people in their sleep.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're not going to. I, well, I guess they might, it's possible they put out one of those, like, omnibus of these eventually, but I mean, this, they're not, they're, they haven't been putting out, like, hardcovers of this
0: stuff very often. David, Hank is there in a in a three-piece suit with the fucking hair combed back, and he's got Wolverine's head in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jason, why aren't you enthused about this? It's exciting.
2: Um Well no, like I said, I mean I'm reading it. It's not like I'm disliking it, but I I, I guess a couple of things. One, I, I I don't um I I'm not a fan of, of of the journey of of Beast. I you know I love the character. I collect art of his. I I love the I love Hank and I, I hate I hate this current version of Hank, which is this fat old, you know. Pretty much evil scientist guy. Like that's not that's not my Hank. You know, like that's not. I don't like. I, I that doesn't that. This is the least interested I've ever been in Hank, and he's front and center in a lot of these books. And I don't like this Hank. I like like super Stars genius, and hero. Yeah. yeah, Hank. That 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 is a good person. Everybody loves, and he's that's smart. And he uses to a smart. He uses a smart to solve things, not to fucking machinate and be Mister Sinister. So so I'm I'm. So that's that's a salt Peter to me and 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 this this is he's as you said, he's the he's the antagonist in this in this arc. So um uh yeah, I mean so I mean that's really the crux of it for me. I, I just um I mean listen, I mean this this issue my girl Domino's front and center in this issue. She's she is. She, she is. Uh I, and I would I would love if I would love to own those rip the rip there's two splashes of Domino, Deadpool, and Omega Red whooping yeah. ass. I would, I would, love to have either of those. They're right amazing.
0: She's yeah. showing a little bit of uncharacteristic uh, compassion too, for uh, Roma. That is Roma. What do you mean right?
2: uncharacteristic though? What do you mean? That's well, it's, uh, sage.
0: It's sage. Er, sorry, sage. Um, yeah. I, I never known Domino to be all that, you know, concerned about. Oh, she's a, she's a gal,
2: you know. She's got, she's got a gal. So is it gal pals. I mean, um, but either way, yeah. I mean, um. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only. I just, I just don't, I don't care for this journey they're taking Beast on. Um, so that's okay. just never going to work for me.
0: Okay. No, I, I get it, but I, I, I like the implications of what's going on here because Logan's going to find out that Hank's been manipulating him. And, uh, I like the, the opening salvo in 27 when, um, they're bringing Wolverine back to life. And, uh, he gets he gets fucking crazy when he comes back, and just starts tearing up anybody in vicinity. And it's just it. That's when when Hank slips the collar on him, and like Tempeston and, and they don't even think like you know what's going on. What, what's that fucking collar? What is that collar? Yeah. it's it,
2: well, I mean, like you said, it's just a collar. It looks like made out of the, out crocoan. Oh, so it hasn't Tempest, it hasn't appeared no, anywhere. No, it's but just some but kind of collar she's using to control Logan, but.
0: Uh, David, Wolverine's killing people in their sleep. He's Ooh. he. There's a journalist that he freaking beheads and puts the head on the on the keyboard. <laughs> like it's, wow! And it, it's not. It's not. What did Wolverine? No, it's it, it's explicit. Wolverine is just shredding these people. And I'm I I just I gotta stick around for the moment that he realizes what Hank's doing to him. He's gonna take. He's gonna take a, a piece of flesh from Hank. Yeah. And, yeah and that's the thing I mean, and then there's that memo in in twenty seven
2: that's it's a memo to the rest of x force from uh from beast and uh you know basically says that uh now that the world knows about th- that they can resurrect, they need to be more proactive and um and beast says uh, we need to be more proactively punitive. We must not wait for threats to arrive at our shores. we must snuff them out before they fully take form i look forward to a like-minded discussion so you know he's he basically wants to to like you said he wants to turn them into what what they were you know in prior x-force incarnations they were the the wet works part of the mutants it's right like he wants right to, he wants them to be that he wants them to go out and basically proactively kill threats that he identifies and uh um you know that's not what this x-force is, is supposed to be about although certainly the roots of the team and the name that is what they were so yeah uh like you said i mean i'm i'm you know i'm down for it all i i i think that uh I think Ben Percy's in a good job with the character. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why. And why, why's Hank got to be fat? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> no, because like all the other mutants are fucking ripped, no matter that what they thing. do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, why's Beast as he gets older getting fat? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't, like, I don't get that. Well, I don't I just... think he's he's. He's fucking fat as can be. He's, he's not
0: blob he's level man, fat. He's,
2: he's got man boobs. He's got a
0: giant belly that he can't. Hold no, in I think his. I think you're embellishing a little bit. He's he's portly ish, right? But he's he's not like disgustingly overweight.
2: No, but he's he's like he's got that like he's got that like old man like used to be a bodybuilder, but now he's you know he's getting soft yeah, he's, old. Age, he's so got he's a little bit. Mis-
0: he's got Stallone going on a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Nah, but my man Hank shouldn't be like that. Any right? You want to hang dirty, man. I will say, you know, I, it's... it's
1: it's weird. I I am so thankful that um, I have hair on my body because it does hide some things. I had to shave a section of my <laughs> chest for the heart monitor, and I'm like, thank God, I have a hairy fucking chest because if I if I did not have hair and I looked the way I did, I I'd, I'd be in nothing but layers. I would be in shame hiding uh, what. <laughs>
0: It, it's just amazing to me that Jason could get like this concerned. He's body over- shaming? No, he—he's—he. I think you're overly concerned in a in a footnote character in in X Men history, right? It's Beast. Oh,
1: I mean, being I <laughs> not horrible footnote character. He's a founding member of the X Men, and he's an Avenger, and he's a defender. Yeah, and and I also
2: will say, uh, and again, I know you know my man Rip looks. Pretty, like real good in most of the very issues. good, but but uh, but he he fucking he. There's a panel in 27 where he 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 forgot to give Domino a nose, and I can't
1: Ooh. have it. I can't what? Have it. He I forgot a small panel it, where she's in the background, or was it like a front? They're at a, ta- they're at a
2: table talking, and it's a side profiling, and, and he just forgot to draw the nose, and it's like, Ooh. dude, come on, like take take an extra minute, man. Give give the girl a nose for Christ's sake. Not even a minute,
1: damn. That's yeah.
2: I hear you. Yeah. But no, but, but but Rip looks great, and, and and certainly I think to your point about the gore. I mean, it's nice that they allow because the, why why get Rip to draw a book if you're not going to let him draw? Yeah, in blood, right? So it's so a I'm very they, very it's wet a good book. pairing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good pairing, but the
0: the I I just had a laugh when there's a meeting, David, with uh, we are laughing. But- <laughs> Black Tom is there, Domino, Deadpool, Mega Red. It's all of X-Force, right? I guess. Yeah. And, and they're at a meeting and, um, they, they, they flat out ask Beast, you know, like, Wolverine's okay with this? And, and, and Hank's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's, he, we, we had talks. He's so down with this. Meanwhile, he's nothing more than a fucking skull. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I just think it's, it's a very atypical, um, mutant story that I I love every bit of it. It's 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 uncharacteristically violent. Uh Rip is at the the helm so the art looks phenomenal. I just love the the splatterpunk aspect of it. It's like sure, all sure. over the place. Yeah. That's yeah, all right. I I guess I'll uh we'll go through this the next time I I get all jazzed <laughs> about a mutant book. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm over
2: here just reading X Men Red and just jaw on the floor I'm like, man. So good. What else you got? Who are you talking to? You Well Uh It just so happens that uh and, and I know Dad can participate in this a bit. Uh it just so happens that uh this week I did a Scotty O'Rama. Nice. I uh, Scotty's got a lot of book coming out or have recently come out, and uh, I, I I dove deep into the Scotty verse.
1: Love
2: it. Uh, I read I Hate Fairyland, Volume Two, Number One. I read uh, the last arc of Strange Academy, which yes. I, I guess would be thirteen through eighteen or fourteen through eighteen, and Strange Academy Finals Number One, which I know Dad yes, yes. also read. And I read Twig number five, the the, the final issue of Twiggy Twig Twig. Um, and uh, first of all, I will say, at a high level, uh, enjoyed them all quite a bit. Not really a surprise. We 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 know our boy gets gets it done. Um, definitely reading this much Scotty in one in one short spurt, though it does. I I do miss seeing Scotty draw comics, and you know, and I know he's got some stuff in the works, but I, I very much would love to see him. And, and I'm looking, for, I should say, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him drawing comics again. Um, Twig, I thought, uh, have you guys finished Twig? No. Okay. Um, well, I'll just say then that it, it. I think it finished on the same, it had, this, it had a quality finish. It, it had the same kind of finish, the same kind of energy and vibrance and excitement and wonder that the other issues did. So I think they stuck the landing. Um, it's a very intimate story right like it's it's basically a a a a buddy journey um it's 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 totally all ages so that was nice um and as we said when we gushed about the earlier issues i mean kyle stram just is doing serious work with the with the with the world creation in this um i mean that's really what makes this book distinctive is is that it, the, the world is is rendered in such a unusual and 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 um, you know distinctive way, um, and, and I I think it it ended great you know with on a high note with with a happy ending which is always good not that kind of happy ending you dirty fucks but uh, like a we were not even actual, going there but okay yeah, wow <laughs> happy you know you were thinking it I was you know not you were, thinking it. Thinking it. You were too okay um yeah uh I fairyland very much probably the most anticipated of these books because it was, um, the first volume was, uh, I think inarguably the biggest hit for Scotty, at least in terms of his creator owned work. Um, this was ri- So it was originally when it was announced about a year and a half, two years ago that it was coming back. Um, it was originally going to, um, be drawn by, um, Oh God, uh now I can't think of of uh, of his name. Um the one who did the uh the one who did the not Aaron hero- No, no, no. Ba- the who did the Heroes badge a few years back. Um Oh um Why can I not think of it now? Um Damn it. I can't think of uh the one we always see at, at Heroes. We see him every every time.
0: <laughs> damn it. <laughs> You know that guy. That's always your yeah, hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so um, nice to see you at a lack of of information. I it's hate cra- it. I let's hate let's it. extend it's this. It's Keep worst. going. It's the worst.
1: It's the worst. It's the worst. I can't. Have you gotten it. a commission from him? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's even, even that's, <laughs> that's even worse. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that, even worse. Listen. You know that guy <laughs> that drew the thing. It's not like we can go to Calf real quick and go through all. <laughs> pages no, of fucking like, artists you've had. Um. Who the hell's it Heroes all the time? Shit.
2: <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I love this. Oh, um, stop with you. I love this bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you did. Well, I'll think of the name of who it was supposed to be, but uh, that fell through. Um, it, like, just schedules stopped being aligned. I guess the schedule got changed, and so uh, it was announced that Brett Bean would be the new artist um for those that don't know scotty drew the first volume of I Hate Fairyland and wrote it um but he's not drawing the second volume he's just writing it um so brett bean is the artist and brett worked with scotty on uh marvel's rocket and Groot, which scotty wrote he scotty drew part of it and then he wrote wrote up wrote it for i think it went 1820 issues something like that brett bean was one of the artists on that um and I will say that uh, I don't. I, the book works out really well because uh, Brett's work looks a lot like Scotty's. Like this, this visually, like like I hate Fairyland, Volume Two, Number One, looks and feels very much like Scotty's, just picking up where he left off visually. And I'm glad. I think that's the smart play. You know, I think that's the smart play because I worried that when I found that he wasn't going to be. Um, drawing the book, that it would just not feel the same. And in as much as, as you could find an artist who can... I don't know if it's... I always hate to use the word mimic because obviously every artist has their own style, but 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 whether whether Brett is intentionally trying to draw in Scotty style or not, it looks like he is. And it works, I think, because it just makes you feel more comfortable like you're returning home and it feels genuine. Um, and, uh, you know, it picks up where you might think it is. Gert is... On Earth, living her life—it's not a great life, you know. Real life kind of sucks. You know, she hated being, you know, an ageless princess in this fairyland. But, 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 you know, sometimes grass is always isn't always greener, you know. And uh, circumstances may or may not pull her back into fairyland. And I don't think that's a spoiler because it'd be kind of fucking weird to have a book bring I Hate Fairyland back and not have her ever go back to fairyland. So, um, thought the issue was terrific, and uh, so so kudos. I feel like they're going to pick right back up where they left off. And then um where Dap can help chime in here is the you know the the Strange
1: Academy. Um yeah, there's you know, a I reason don't... why it was on my top five when we talked about uh top five in your travels.
2: Yeah, I mean we you know we've we've talked about the the series earlier. It was or it is. I was is, I guess was now because of the, the Yeah, this.
1: it's I I mean I, it, next time we talk to Scotty, um I I think those first twelve issues were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it 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 hit me in the heart the right way. I think all the characters, all these students, are phenomenal, and and Lord knows I love kids. But you just, it was just, I enjoyed that so much. The last arc, I'm feeling some kind of way because the series doesn't necessarily end because where the eighteenth issue ends, we then lead into finals the new volume and and it just i kind of wanted some closure there and it's fine that you know this is listen it's marvel it's a new number one whatever you want to say i don't know i i I just i have questions that scotty as a creator could probably answer but nevertheless strange academy those 18 issues absolutely phenomenal yeah i mean there were things i thought
2: were really neat too in the sense that um, Scotty very much drew from Aaron's Doctor Strange run in a lot of ways that I didn't yes. expect. Right? Yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know the the, the uh, inheritor. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, because you know we we had we had Zelma at the very start, so we knew that that Zelma was who who you know was an Aaron creation. But but uh, but but then you you get like you said you you get the the at the end there you, you know you, you get the whole bringing back the uh the 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 empirical and and that whole stuff which i just never thought we'd i or i guess i shouldn't have expected that and and you you get the um you know you get the uh uh the, the what's the the name of the uh is it is it misery misery right that's the name of the oh yeah yeah
1: mr misery yeah calvin's mr. jacket yeah yeah
2: mr misery yeah so like that i mean he very much barb bar, not barb but he, he built off of what jason had created which i think was a great dr stranger um and like you said, Dap. I mean, I, I I think the cool thing about this is um, it's so hard these days. People always lament that it's hard to create new characters in the big two that stick. Um, and I'm not sure that's as true as we like to think it is. I think because we like the bar we use is too high. Like we think of like they have to be like some massive breakthrough star that can have their own titles, and that that's a pretty high bar to set. I think there are new characters created all the time that 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 uh, you know persist. But but um, you know, I thought it was fun and smart to start basically fresh and give us this group of kids that are all new. Um, and I, I, I thought each one had a a very distinctive arc and a very distinctive personality and a look and, uh, and they're memorable, you know I mean? A lot of yes. these books, especially when you read as many as we do, you can, and you're introduced to new teams, even if like, even like new members of like the Titans or new members of like the, the mutant groups, like, you know, that we've had the, the, the Hellions and, you know, the, the, like, you know all the younger teams over the years like it sometimes you just you 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 might remember one or two of the characters you don't remember a lot of the others they you just know they were kind of tangential and uh and and i t- to his credit um i think most of the characters in this are memorable and well, i hope we sure. see more of them you know yeah. like i i i i i found myself rooting for for most of them in moments and
1: yes you know um, and he swerved this i mean you know you you expect obviously you know, you, you, you have an offspring of Dormammu and, and you, you know, you just figure, okay, he's going to be a problem child or, or, yeah. or whoever, whoever might be the offspring of Hella, of Hela you yeah. know, or the Enchantress. You know, yes, I could see them being a problem. And then, you know, where he focused on early on in the first issue, actually, you know, we're, we're introduced to characters and we meet Emily, you know, like, oh, she's so sweet and she's going to be. And but it's the way the way her story goes and 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 her experiences and it it also you know i was absolutely i was i was torn because on one hand yes i i i'm sitting here i'm in Emily's corner cuz you're like yeah girl you want to know you want to know as much as you can so you don't go traipsing through a graveyard at night and end up you know worrying about whether or not you're going to kill your classmates if your if your teachers if the adults Gave you a heads up, you'd know not to do that. But on the other hand, the adults are also looking out for you. They're giving you as much information that you can handle right now because you are inexperienced and you are young, and you haven't gone through things. So there, it, 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 it. Scotty did a really great job of balancing these things out, and and I. Just, I think I, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and he did a great job, I think, of of reminding everyone. Of the costs of magic, that it's not just like yes. oh la di da, like we're, you know it's, it's comics, yeah. like everyone, you know. I mean, with it, with with even with the way that we find out that the kids basically are much less powerful than than they seem because you know they're but they're in a tr- they're when they're in the on the campus and training, they they kind of all have almost like a video game. It's like all their powers have been amplified, but also normalized against one another, so they really can't like hurt each other too badly. And it's like that's really smart, but then we find out that there's a huge price to pay, and they made this yeah. Faustian bargain with you know one of the you know, one of the, 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 the hoary hosts. Yep. Exactly. Like one of the, the absolute, you know, keys of, of the, at the center of, of, of the very nature of magic. And, and I love how they render, you know, a giant cat, like, and, yes. and, and, and my dude is exhausted. He's straight up fucking pooped from all the, all the heavy lifting he's doing. I love that. And, I, and, and I, you know, and I got to say the other thing that's great about this is that Umberto draws the whole thing. And I oh don't remember God. the last time, yeah. When's the last time fucking Alberto Ramos spent two years drawing a book? I, I mean, yes. I, I I feel like I, Marvel always has him do an arc. It's like six, eight book. issues at the yeah. most and then, to yes, launch and a book, else. and then they because yep. he's he's high value, so they they move him on to an, another number one to try and to get the books off the ground. Scotty I must
1: have photos of him or something. It's well, you know, look, Scotty's got sway. I mean, scotty that, got that he's got that sway. I love. You know? I, I I also appreciated how um, they didn't belabor. The, yes, Doctor Strange died. And and there's a new Sorcerer Supreme, Jericho is kind of the headmaster now, but they didn't, they didn't hit us over the head. It's like, oh, oh, you know, Dr. Strange is in the beginning of the book and then there's that little event with the whole death and and now he's not around. But but it's like, it's, it's fine. The kids are, the kids are still learning. They're still going to class. The rest of the faculty is trying, you know, let, let everything, we're, we're trying to resume Everything is if it's normal, you know. Yes, Doctor Strange, the person who you know is behind all this, he's not with us right now, but that doesn't mean we have to stop. And and they really didn't. They really didn't. Miss. Scotty was just like, "Fuck it, you want to take Doctor Strange off the table? That's cool. I, I got plenty to work." Yep.
2: With. Yeah. No. Exactly. He just like you said, he just kind of mentions it like it is what it is. We're moving on. Uh, the other thing too is you know if you think about it too, I like that he he you could see that he he had a longer term plan in mind through the course of the of the eighteen to twenty four issues we're getting because you know with emily leek like we we're saying i mean she's the she's the she she strikes you at the beginning of the the it's because she's human innocent. like every, yeah. everyone else isn't human the, well everyone else isn't i guess there are other humans but she's like the the sweet one but if you think about it like the thing i liked about it is that is that it, it when you when she when she when she goes to the dark side like darth you, you it it actually makes sense because we when we first see her she's using magic to save her dog from death and it's like, that's, you know, as we know, like, in, in magic, you, you fuck with death magic. You fucking, that like, that's yeah. not, like, that never ends well. Like, like no. if, you, if, you, if you're if you resurrecting something from, like, it that's where, down. that's, exactly, that's one of those things that even the most powerful magicians don't, they don't fuck around with it, because it's, it's just got a huge price. And she, you know, she, she basically used it to bring her fucking dog back. And again, like, we as dog lovers are like, oh, yeah, you go, that's awesome, but like, that's fucking irresponsible as hell, you know, and and yeah. and she's paying the price. So yeah, I just thought it was really well crafted, man, and I and I hope we do see more, at least some of these characters. I mean, you know, I don't, I forget if you've read any of it, but uh, one of the characters is uh, is is basically an icy version of Man Thing from Weird World. It looks like an like a ice ice Man. thing. like a crystal. Yeah, Toth. Yeah. yeah, his name's yeah Toth, but like like you oh, know like like yeah and, it's uh, Toth. But yeah. yeah, um, so yeah, for sure. Um, if I had a favorite, it would probably be uh shaley uh you
1: know I'm, I'm down with that oh she's adorable yeah she's i mean she's just she's just so happy and yep and you have um uh desi who of course is is uh related to sim from limbo and yeah it, it's just i mean the parents day was fantastic uh, day so it's awesome. so emily yeah. emily's mom is so competitive and she's like fuck you loki she's like eat that and i'm just oh i'm dying It it was it was amazing, and yes, Umberto's. Whether it's magic, whether it's just a crazy background, whether it's it's a gorgeously rendered cat, I just my I man's insane. I, I he's a grail, but it, it's it's one of those things where I'm just so giddy that the p is he's drawn. Like you said, he, he's drawn the series, and that's fantastic. And um, I, I have no idea. You know, I yes, I kind of see where things are going with 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 how finals is shaping up but it's um i'm I'm definitely along for the uh for the journey the destination may be a foregone conclusion depending on what you may think but um i'm along for the ride it it, it's been a trip i um i was putting my books in order and i realized and i had to send my boy a text hopefully he's able to get it i don't have um i'm gonna start bringing my notebook when i go um i don't have 15. I, i have all the issues except for 15 so he's got an eye out for that. It it should have Gosh, been in my pull yeah. list, but um but yeah, it it's I I I love this book. It it's so great.
2: For sure. Uh oh, and and thank the lord. Uh it's Brett Parson is the name. Oh him. shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. another Brett. So Brett Bean is the artist. Brett Parson was going to be the artist. So there we go. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad that's all solved right we sort of at it me. was a it was eaten at me why well, I, I, sure I had conversations with the guy we've, we've shook hands we've chatted
1: I. it's we don't want to be rude nice uh so there's a um so idw still holding on to some things um they uh they've released a new star trek series now that star trek year five is wrapped up which of course um told the story of uh the first enterprise is the end of their 5-year mission um, but now there's a new star trek and it's not based on the past it's not uh, it's not tied into any currently ongoing uh, series star trek number 1 is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing who really appreciate really respect the source material. They remind me. Their work on Star Trek reminds me of what Peter David and Michael Jan Friedman did when they had did, when DC had the license. I just, it's in good hands with with Colin and and Jackson. I, I like the work they've done, and they've done some good work at Marvel too. Um, artists by uh, Ramon Rosanas and uh, colors by Lee Lowridge. I, I was apprehensive when I saw the blurb about this when when, when I saw the, the gist, the, what the hook was, um, because uh, like Vince and man thing, there, there are certain things. And yes, I realize this is a franchise and it's a licensed property. And these are characters that, you know, they can do whatever they want to do, but, um, there are certain things I feel you just really don't, kind of mess around with and 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 how they're left is kind of just you know that's the way they are but if you want to play around i'm gonna give you a chance especially if you're these two dudes that want to write this story um star trek this new series um you kind of hooked me with the first page because we're on deep space nine and it's uh it's it's three years after the end of that series after that program because the dominion war has been over for three years jake is still on the station um still trying to play journalist or reporter uh kira is in charge of the station and cisco ben cisco is still missing in in air quotes the prophets have taken him and and he's no longer around um until the second page Of this story, where he materializes in front of Jake and Kira, and uh, he's just trying to make sense of what's going on. He's kind of a man out of time, he's he he has no idea, you know, the time that has passed. Um, and he's being poked and prodded by the doctors and Starfleet, and they're trying to get answers as to where he is, and um. Is he a security breach and and you know as if he's as if he's a thing that, that they need to be worried about because they don't know where he's been and they don't know because obviously the prophets do talk to him and he's the emissary. There's just Starfleet has concerns. Um but the uh the only thing that um, that kind of keeps coming to, to Ben's mind, you know, he keeps thinking about um, th- there's, there's just like one word that keeps going through his head. Um, and it's Hephaestus, which of course is, is a, is, is a god, um, tells like a, like a blacksmith. Um, the, uh, it's a, it's the Greek god of blacksmiths, metalworking, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but that's, for some reason that's kind of stuck. In, in Cisco's mind um, but he 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 knows that the prophets kind of like let him go because he has a path to follow and, and and there's something bigger that he needs to work on or work out so um, so Cisco calls for Picard to come by and um, and obviously they aren't These two gentlemen haven't always seen eye-to-eye because while Picard was Locutus of of Borg, he's the reason why uh, Sisko is a widower and Jake no longer has a mom. And uh, there are issues there. And Sisko needs needs a ship. He needs to leave Deep Space Nine. He has other things to do. He needs a ship. He needs a crew. Um, And he needs Picard because... Picard has sway. And even though Picard's not an admiral, it's not like he can just commission a ship for Ben. Um, He's still like in John Luke Picard. So if you are in my corner, Starfleet will have to give me a ship. And Picard's like, dude, you're a war hero. Like you stopped the Dominion War. Like you, you can have whatever you want. Um, But Starfleet still has issues. So, um, so he needs to, he needs Picard. And Picard's like, that's fine. I'll help you. But I get to choose your first officer, and uh, and he's like, okay that's that's fine. You know, who do you have in mind and and Picard's like someone who I trust implicitly and whose logic I believe will temper your apparent passions and of course, uh, Cisco's first officer is data. and it's the data from the movie he's got the emotion chip still implanted in him and 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 it's still active which he can turn on or off um so we have cisco we have data when we get to the ship which is the uh uss theseus um it's a discovery class ship it's been around for over a hundred years it was um it was it was damaged in a war it was um it was recommissioned under Captain Montgomery Scott, and uh, we actually see Scotty because after Scotty was found in that transporter and uh, brought to the Enterprise, um, and and he was you know left to go and travel the stars. Uh, he's back at Starfleet, and so he's the um, he's the chief on this ship um, when we get to the bridge. We see Lieutenant Tom Paris from Voyager. Uh, there's Ensign Sato, who's a Andorian. There's uh, Ensign Tellur, who's a Vulcan, and the ship's doctor is Beverly Crusher. So we, we we've got some familiar faces, uh, a little bit of um, a mash of different series working here, um, but overall, I think this was a. I do not. I'm really not a fan of um of the new uniforms i'm not in love with them i like i like the designs i've always been a fan of 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 the uniforms on trek because of because of the way they look and and i like i like the angles i like the black with different colors depending on on your rank or your um or or or, or the department you're working in um but i'm not i'm not a fan of of i like the top part I don't, it's weird. I just, it kind of looks like pajamas here. It's just, it's, it's kind of weird. I'm not, I'm not really feeling them yet. Um, but, uh, but as far as, you know, what, where they're going, what they're planning, what, what, what they're doing with this crew, what Cisco has to take care of, or what his, um, what his mission might be. Um, um, I'm, I'm kind of in it. It's, it's a, uh. I want to see where it's going again. I'm not, you know, I was, I was content with how deep space nine ended and I was, I was okay. And, and that's where the characters were. And, and even though, you know, they'd really never do what to do with Worf because he was dating Troy before the end of next generation. Then that, that show ends. Worf shows up on deep space nine and then he shows up at the dais when Riker and and Troy get married after Jadzia Worf's wife was killed on an episode of Deep Space Nine. There are just some things that really just don't kind of line up with me because they didn't know what to do with the characters. But um, I'm digging the crew. I, I um, you know Jake is hanging out here with Dad, so he's on. He's along for the ride. Um, they don't. Uh, they name drop a couple of characters from the series, from, from the TV show. Not everybody, because obviously, you know, some of the characters like O'Brien. He's teaching on Earth, and we have no idea what Bashir's been up to. And um, Odo, of course, is is with the uh, is is with the Changeling. So they, they they're not. It's not like they're trying to rehash and bringing back everybody from Deep Space Nine. They're not trying to um, you know bring that back. But uh, I, I appreciate the fact that they that they're taking advantage of the current timeline from this version of the Trek universe and, and making it work and they're moving forward. They're not, like I said, they're not, uh, they're not trying to live within the the Picard series. They're not trying to, uh, pick up with wherever, you know, the Kelvin verse was kind of going They're Just that this is, this is the future of it. It's before Disco- it's before discovery's future, but they're, um, they're picking up where, uh, like from the last from nemesis like at, at, after that era and they're they're moving forward from there so they've got some time they, they they have a good chunk that they can play around with as far as time goes but uh but i like that they're kind of going in a different direction using characters that we haven't really seen without um kind of being beholden to what someone else may have planned for their live action version so i i uh i could appreciate that they're they kind of have a blank slate here, but, uh, but yeah, I thought the, um, thought the first issue was really, really good. It, the, the art's fantastic. I like it a lot, uh, with the exception of the uniforms, but I think, um, I think it's, 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 it's off to a really strong start. I'm, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to what's coming. So yeah, I, uh, pleasantly, very happily pleasantly surprised with, uh, with Star Trek number one.
0: There you go. Surprised
2: what, that it. No good. No, you. No, I was gonna say. Uh, I gotta see these uniforms that you have an issue with them. I gotta.
1: <laughs> okay. I well, I mean, you picked them up. I am. I am. I am. I mean, if they were pajamas, I'd wear them. I'd, I'd wear them every night. But I just it, they're kind of they're kind of long in the front. It's just it's weird. I like I like around the shoulders. I like the pips on the neck, but, and then they've got like the one long line of color depending on. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm not not really in love with the, the around the waist area. If they stopped at the waist, it'd be on and popping, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of um, like the little long, little drapery kind of thing. It's more like a dress uniform when it goes down that low, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, if you want to see what these uniforms look like, you can just go to our website. Boom! 11o'clockcomics.com. Click on the thread for this episode. There'll be a gallery and you can see him in there. So there you <laughs> is, go. And
2: Ramon Rosanas, you
0: said, is the artist? Yes. Yeah. Right nice. Well, uh, you got to give it up for the people who made this possible, our beautiful patrons. Uh, patreon.com forward slash 11o'clockcomics. I said it all at the beginning of the episode. If you want in, we'll be glad to have you. Tickled pink, in other words, to have you join the family. So uh, do that. And in your travels, I would like to tell you about a great new title that I think y'all should be reading. It's by the team that brought us the excellent Birthright series. Oh. Yeah. Joshua Williamson is the writer. The art is by Andre Bresson and Adriano Lucas. It's called Dark Ride. And Jason didn't think I talked about it because I didn't specifically talk about the book because it didn't exist when I talked Mm -hmm. about it. It was merely a teaser, a short story that appeared in Skybound 10, number 25. Mm -hmm. They gave you an inside look at what's to come, but it's uh, honestly the story that they played out in the anthology is not, does not appear in the first two issues. So it, it was like a newly crafted thing to get you interested in the series, which had yet to take place. Okay. So what's Dark Ride about? Well, it's about a theme park called Devil Land. And it is the dark, twisted, violent, disturbing uh, darkness to Disneyland's light. It is like Disneyland if Disneyland were populated by serial killers, demons, and uh, murderers, and and monsters, and and all that that stuff that we love so much. Um, Where did this Devil Land come from? Well, it was created by a dude named Arthur Dante. And uh, there's a really cool flashback sequence that opens up the book where Arthur is a... uh, a, designer of theme park attractions and he's let go from his job because he creates something um dark and disturbing and and the boss said nobody wants to be scared What what is this uh i can't have this you know see you later and um there's a there's a cool bit of of character um fleshing out that uh you see his uh drawing table and on the shelf, he's got a bunch of different books from Crowley, you know, Dark Magic, um, the, uh, the Book of uh, Thoth. So the guy is definitely schooled in the magical arts, or at least wants to be. And his wife was like, I knew I should have married so-and-so, you're never going to amount to anything, blah, blah, blah. And he's frustrated because he just got let go from his job. His his emotions are all over the place and he picks up a friggin' crystal ball and he bashes her over the head and and chokes her out and kills her. So he goes to uh, the middle of the Nevada desert to dispose of her body and he digs the hole and he's about to, to chuck her, her body in and something calls to him from the hole. It's like, arthur and he's like what the fuck right he's looking around and uh the thing in the hole wants to make a deal with him and then it flashes to the present day where um this kid owen seasons who loves all things horror uh gets a job at devil land like it's his this is the kid's dream. Like he loves everything about the the park. He knows the lore. He knows what rides were created when and and when they were changed. Like you know the Disney fanatics. Well, this kid is a is a Devil Land fanatic, right? And um, so we get to see the park through this this kid's eyes. You meet the players behind the scenes, like the head of security and all the people that make the park work. Uh, Arthur Dante had two kids. Uh, Sam Hayne and halloween <laughs> uh mm-hmm. sam is you know he manages the park and the park's on it, it's hitting the skids like revenues low um attendance is 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 dwindling he's got to come up with something to get the, the the people back into the park and dad just dis well to the the rest of the world dad disappeared they don't know where he went but the dude's still alive and um so, long story short, the the kid is, hears he, – he's cleaning up one night, and he lost his badge, so he goes back to get it, and something calls to him. And he follows the voice and goes on a ride, and – should I spoil the first issue? Yeah, I will, because <laughs> – uh it, it's really strange because the second issue i think this series should have started with a triple-sized issue that encompassed number one is oversized there's more pages to it but i think they should have uh included the second issue with the first because the story it, it almost is as if they hit a reset button uh, uh the kid is ripped apart by demons on the ride and we get to see the the um, working sketches for the very events that are happening with the kid on Arthur's drawing table. And so, in the second issue, the story takes a slightly different turn. Like I thought it was going to be something, and then it becomes something else with the second issue. But it's cool. What what the events of the second issue are really cool and logical. Okay, but I didn't see them coming. So um, you got to before if if you read this book, you got to read the first two issues. You can't just read the first one, although it would be a pretty mighty hook. I mean, it ends on a holy shit moment. The kid just get ripped. He gets eviscerated by demons on this ride. And the thing that surprised me was they spent a good part of the issue. crafting this kid's character and and we're we're seeing this whole reality through this kid's eyes and at the end he just gets freaking decimated by demons and I'm like wow that's an odd way to start the first issue like that's a lot of groundwork to lay and then have the kid just like die at the end of the issue like where's this gonna go <laughs> but um yeah it goes in a in a, in a Direction that I didn't anticipate, but it's cool, right? There's the mascots are really cool. Um, there's a, a demon called Danny D Evil and Old Nick, who's this count-looking v- vampire character, like the count from from uh, Sesame Street. Um, then there's one called the Fawn that I don't know why he's called the Fawn because he's a very disturbing-looking demon, but he's called the Fawn. There's a YouTube guy that live streams from the park and he wants to investigate why arthur dante just disappeared is he somewhere on the premises locked up in a tower crafting shit or is he dead and the 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 son is not releasing that information like what's going on you know this guy's really annoying but um yeah i think the book is great and it's a total departure from birthright uh but how Birthright manipulated creatively existing, uh, fantasy genre tropes. That's what this book does in, in terms of horror. I think it's a really smart, um, engaging little series. It just started. It, the second issue was published today. So, uh, get your ass out there, asses, and pick up Dark Ride. It is, I think it's a lot of fun and gorgeously illustrated. Like, um Andre and Adriano do things with talking heads that this should be impossible they, they make a make the panels look really engaging, and all it is is just characters talking to each other like okay, if you can pull that off with a plum and you can show me this double page spread of the park that is really disgusting and like th- I would love to go to this park if it existed. I would like want to live there because it 's just you know people getting murdered and giant monsters and, and uh it's great. Dark ride, get it. Nice. Yeah. It's a lot of shit and fun. Well, if you like if you like murder and mayhem and demons and magic. It you're right. It's 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 dark fun.
1: Yeah. Um in your travels, I'll mention this since um the first volume collecting the first five issues comes out uh, at the end of this month, uh, the 23rd, um, with five more issues starting early next year to continue the story. Uh, it is I Hate This Place, or if you got the variant covers, fuck uh, this place. Then again, we talked about the first issue. Um, it's like a gamble on it. It's written by Carl Starks, art by uh, RTM Toplin and colors by Lee Lowridge. And, um, it's, it went in a, I didn't expect it to, I expected Gabby and Trudy to kind of be stuck in this house for the five issues. And, um, and they weren't, it went in a direction. I really wasn't expecting. They went to visit a tarot reader during the day. Uh, this woman pulled out three death cards out of the deck. And then bad shit happened to her during the reading, um because they really shouldn't have left the property. Um and actions have consequences. Um they did call a ghost hunter, Dante Howitzer, who uh who decides to stop by the ranch and see what he can uh do to um alleviate the problem these two young women have um overall i mean there's there's a lot of revenge going on here there's what what was slick you know props to starks because it wasn't it wasn't just a straightforward you know kind of like uh horror book where we have a bunch of ghosts uh still walking around this property at night and uh trying to get you to join them um, he kind of sprinkles in some backstory with with our leads uh trudy who kind of um she's she's the no nonsense i'm here to protect my wife and uh i'm prepared for everything and i have a gun hidden in every room and no one's going to get the drop on me uh she gets a little shook but uh she had a kind of uh, pretty harsh upbringing and we're introduced to um to the man who kind of made her or had a hand in partly making her who she is today. And, um, and there's more to that story as well. So um, yeah, it, it ends the story ends um, fittingly enough with, uh, with, with, with Gabby quoting the title of the book, but um, we kind of um, are also shown some things that uh, will hopefully be answered in uh in follow-up arcs so i i don't know how much longer this has to go i don't know if this is you know like a 10 issue series or if we're just getting you know arcs of five and it's going to keep going until they're done telling the story I, I don't know if kyle has a um has an end in in mind or or I, I didn't i didn't dig to see if if this is just you know like three or five groups of, of five issue arcs but um I'm gonna stick with it for now. The art's fantastic, and and it's just it's like I said. I I I was expecting one thing after the first issue, and as I continue to read the rest, the the next four, um, you know, it, it's it, there's a reason why, you know, Gabby's family was like, don't um, don't don't leave the house, and and don't uh, don't leave the property, and don't leave the house at night, and and uh, you know with 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 frank and his this this piece of crap dude who uh was just you know only there because of the car robbery and and just wants his money and um yeah you know, he's just he's a bad penny and then you've got the 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 horned man and it's just it all kind of just things start to make sense as you continue to to read the arc but i I, I definitely recommend the trade when it comes out if uh if you're interested it, it, it moves at a pretty quick pace the uh like i said the art i like the art it's fitting i think for the story um the characters are nuts and uh and yeah i i, I gotta see where we go from here so uh, in your travels i hate this place first five issues are all done and your trade will be available at the end of the month
0: I don't see how you can pull three death cards from a single deck. That's a little exactly. weird.
1: Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Which, man, and man. that's and that's exactly what I, it, 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 Gabby's like. Well, how like so is that bad for three? And and woman's like, yeah, there should only be one. It's yeah, like, it's so. like somebody's so fucking with like, your deck. It's, exactly. So so yeah, it's it's hard. It's warped man. It's crazy.
2: Um, in your travels, we uh, we're in November now, so it's sort of post-Halloween, but this is a very Halloween-y book. Uh, That is The Night Eaters, Volume 1, She Eats the Night, Uh, from the team who brought us Monstrous, written by Marjorie Liu with art by Sana Takeda. Um, This is the first in a trilogy of graphic novels that will be published through Abrams by the uh, Monstrous Trio, the the Eisner award-winning duo of Takeda and Liu. Um, this was, a uh, this was pretty nifty stuff. I will say that it was very much a slow burn for the first half of the book. So like hundred pages or so. So, um, but once it gets going, it really does hit its stride. And I think it gets you pretty hyped for what's to come in volumes two and three. Uh, the premise is, um, it's a horror book, but it's, it's, uh, kind of like relationship horror. You've got two Chinese American, uh, 20-somethings named Billy and Millie. They're, they're uh, brother-sister twins. Um, and they are struggling because they um, basically dropped out of their professional and college endeavors to open up a restaurant, which was going well, but like everybody uh, impacted by the pandemic, they're now struggling because of the pandemic restrictions. So they are relying upon their parents, Ipo and Kian, who are immigrants from uh, Hong Kong. And... Uh, their parents are like polar opposites of one another. Um, dad is like super crunchy and loving and affectionate and and uh, you know endearing and and all about the positive vibes and the you know you guys are gonna be, you're gonna be great whatever you do. And then mom is like straight up completely closed off. She's a cold cold woman. Chain smoking. Always keeps her distance. Never has a nice thing to say. Is always critical of them, no matter what they do. Um, um, but but despite that, very much supporting them and and, and financially and and all that. But uh, but she basically thinks her kids are soft. You know, they grew up in America with creature comforts, and and she wants to toughen them up. So they um, where they live, there's a house for sale a, a, on the block, and it's fucking just overrun. You know, it's it's ramshackle, decrepit, uh, all overgrown. It's just a mess, and it's bringing the whole the whole neighborhood down. So mom is like, all right, I'm going to toughen you guys up. We're going to go into this house and we're going to, uh, we're going to clean it up, you know, cause it'll help property values here. And I'm tired of looking at this goddamn thing and you guys need to be tough. Um, and, and that's where it takes a, 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 just a massive, massive turn into the horror and supernatural because crazy weird shit starts happening within this house. Uh, and, and, and then in response to that, the, the, the family that we've, been following along we start to realize that there's a lot more to them than 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 what we first saw and uh, i'll keep it vague just to say that but th- they are not what they seem um and, and we, we we start getting flashbacks to when ipo and Keon met and uh who they are and how they were raised and, and and learn more about them and how they got to be what they are now and uh it's it, it, it like i said it gets really really fascinating once we actually start getting into the supernatural uh, and the creepy stuff. The other thing of note here is that um, for those who have read some or all of Monstrous, uh, this is uh, by design a different artistic approach um, than what we saw in Monstrous from Takeda. Um, by her own admission, it's, it's mainly because she wanted to be able to do the book uh, much faster and looser. So it still looks great and still hyper-detailed. It's hard to believe that she could consider this a fast style, but but it's much scratchier. It's much rougher around the edges. Um, it doesn't have that precise, almost impossible-to-believe detail and finish that monstrous had, you know, which is which almost glossy at times. Um, this is very scratchy. It almost looks like like colored like pencils. Like you're you're putting color right on top of pencils. I don't think it is. I think there is ink, but but it's very very pencilly and scratchy and rough around the edges and. Uh, and I like it. I like it for that. It's kind of, in a way, I prefer it for this for this type of book. I think it's 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 better. It's a better stop for uh, a horror book. So, um, so yeah, so definitely on board for the second volume. I assume we'll be getting that in uh, probably six to nine months, if the way things these normally go. But in the meantime, from Abrams, the night eaters. She
0: eats the night. Oh, interesting. It's from Abrams. Yes. Hmm. I had it I had it under image. So we still have an image or suspect suspected. Yeah.
1: Ah yes, no, it's not image. It's Abrams. Yeah, we definitely have an image rama Cool. Sounds interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time around. We'll be back real soon. Kiss your Loved ones, eat some good food, buy some comics, a lot of them, and come back next time. But before you go, sing a night. Screw it up, screw it up, screw it up, up, up. (laughs) I'm going to let it go for a long time. Wow. How you doing, Jason? You doing good? Doing all right? All right. My man. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm doing much better than I remember. as Brett Parson. (sighs)
1: David. Good night. Screw it up, screw it up, screw it up, up, up. (laughs)
0: Ah. Damn. So I gotta put an and in between these instead of a comma. David. Nice. All right, people. Hey, tell them that you love them. Like, almost more than anything in this world. Almost. Right. Well, a family, right? Which they are, but they you know are what I family. mean. You know yes. what I mean. I do know what you mean. You didn't say
1: it, though. Tell them you love them. We love you almost as much as family. Nice! Well, I, I have strong affection for the majority of you. Yes. You know who you are. Um, Shout out to the inner, inner circle. <laughs> <laughs> And those secret Slack channels. That That's right. Uh, that, uh, you gotta pay extra. That's it for that one.